And so if he was on there being interviewed, I'm sure he's done attending and eating thetans or whatever it is. That he is. <laughs> he's definitely eating thetans. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. This episode of the Sincast is brought to you by NatureBox. Go to naturebox.com slash Sincast and get 50% off your first order. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Yeah, hello. And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Cher. Ciao. Yeah. I just heard on Twitter from uh, a fan from Italy. Yeah. And uh, I tweeted to him or her, I think it's a him, Arrivederci, because he said goodbye from Italy. And I said, Arrivederci. Knowing full well that I was probably wrong with my spelling or like the term being wrong, but apparently I was right. Nice. Oh, yeah, there you go. You're gonna sign some... in with a big chow today. Yeah, I would have said like some like not even Italian word. Like I would have like just offended. <laughs> Bonjour. Yeah. <laughs> you would have said something, something spaghetti. My, my track record after that Doctor Who joke is not very good with the uh, European countries. Daleks. <laughs> like I fucking know. I don't watch your show. <laughs> apparently Chris McKay did not mind. No, I mean, yeah, no, that was fun. Yeah. That was fun. That was Fun. That yeah. gave me a whole like I was on cloud eighteen, I think. Yeah. Like that was like way up above most of those happy fuckers. Mm-hmm. Um but uh today uh we are uh, going back to Mount Rushmore. The best, Jerry. The best. I wanna go to Mount Rushmore. Take me, take me, take me, take me now. Hail to the chief, he's the chief and he needs hailing. Best of the best of the best, sir. That's just that's very funny to me. Yeah. After we uh, we did the directors last time, and um, luckily for Barrett, the Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen are not in the running today, <laughs> and so we can't we can't put them up there like the Coen Brothers and the directors thing. You know, not only are they not actors, men. But they also uh, probably wouldn't be there anyway. But, you know. But there are no twins in consideration or brothers or so. siblings. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, that play the same role or whatever. I mean, Army Hammer is, is actually one person. Yeah. He just played right. the Indeed. Winkle Boss. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. count. So, so yeah. you can't have brothers this time. So it's going to be four heads no Yay! matter what. Yay! Hooray for heads! But that was kind of a horrifying mashup that somebody did on Twitter, by the way. It was both <laughs> glorious and disturbing. <laughs> the only thing I missed was the sh- the hands of Scorsese coming in behind yeah. the massage. Yeah. But they did have Kurosawa down there, and it did look like he had tea in his nice. hands. Nice. <laughs> Um, But uh, yeah, today we're going to be doing actors. Actors! Actors on Mount Rushmore, and uh, this is going to be significantly harder. It really is. The field is a lot bigger. Yes. And there's a lot more contenders that, this is what I both love and hate about this topic, is that, you know, it's fun, but we're inevitably going to get people all over the place on Twitter and on the new Facebook group, like, how did you not talk about this guy? My my cousin, my poor cousin was like, you didn't even mention Paul Thomas Anderson. I know. And I was like, well, he would have been dismissed for the same reason as Fincher and Nolan were, that he doesn't have a big enough body of work yet. And uh, he was unhappy with that. Yeah, I mean, we missed, we did miss a few on the directors, like uh, Sidney Lumet, Jonathan, our friend Jonathan brought up Mm -hmm. Sidney Lumet. And looking back at it, He's got a really good track record. Yeah, but, he does. You know, hey, I think I think we covered our bases. I think we acquitted ourselves mm. very well. Yeah, Sidney Lumet would have been a good one to talk about. I mean, at least talk about. And mm-hmm. I think that's what I think most people get upset about is that you didn't talk about them. Yeah. Um, but can't get to everybody. It's, yeah. it's a two-hour freaking and even show. more so with this. This will be the single 
largest pool, I think, of all of these that we do. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. Uh, I guess, uh, see if we can get through this fast today. <laughs> um, like, we'll have to talk about somebody quickly, I think, and just go on. Or, or we could, like, speed up, talk like chipmunks. We could. <laughs> yeah. We could. Uh, who wants to put up a first nomination? Well, do we want to do our sh say it all at the same time thing again, even though none of us are going to say the same name? For a lock? For our lock? For who we think is a lock. Whether or not they are. I could be down with it. Okay. I have one name that, that came to me first, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm ready to go with it. I have two names that came to me first, and I'm going to... Okay, I got it. All right. All you right. have to give, count us down? Yep. Three, two, one. Jack Brando. Nicholson. I, I said Daniel Day-Lewis. Who'd you I say? I said Jack Nicholson. Okay, and who'd you say? I said Marlon Brando, but Daniel Day-Lewis was the other one that I was thinking about. The only reason I would, I would assume he's a lock is both he can look like Lincoln, yeah. Right. That's no. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> he does have a good Mount Rushmore face, but it's and maybe he doesn't have as big a body of work as some of the other names we're going to talk about. But almost every role is a big home run. Yep. Right. Yeah. It's like, like what a body of work, basically. When and it's somebody that is nominated for an Oscar, basically every time they make a movie, mm -hmm. um, you should take notice that uh, they're that respected, and that there's a reason. He's just ridiculously talented. Apparently, pretty method. Mm -hmm. um, but a, a man who escapes into these roles and has played, you know, everybody from you look at the spectrum, man, like Bill the Butcher or whatever. And then you go down to Lincoln and the just this genial. Anyway, Bill the well, Barber is it Bill the Butcher? Bill the Butcher. Uh, Bill the Butcher. And then, man, I, I looked back up when I was preparing for this. I looked at his performance in My Left Foot. Mm. And you forget. I mean, that's that's a hard role to play. A guy with cerebral palsy. Ah, just it, it kills you. It's so amazing. And this is the same. This is Daniel Plainview that's yeah. like, you know, swimming in the, the ocean mm -hmm. looking like a shark, you know? Yeah. yeah. God, it's so yeah. good. Now, yeah. uh, Daniel D. Lewis has been nominated five times. That seems low considering how many times he's, it seems like he's been up there or whatever. But he has won three times. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good And he should have won four. He, he should have won, won Gangs for, for New yep. Gangs of New York. Yep. Um, who took it home instead? Uh, that was Adrian Brody who won. Yeah, for the, uh, the pianist. I yeah. got no yeah. beef with Brody, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. that that was one of those uh, odd, odd. Like I, he had won everything. He won SAG. He'd won like all the awards leading up to the Oscars, and mm. then the Oscars come and it's Adrian Brody's. Let him kiss Halle Berry. I'll tell you what, I was watching the Emmys the other night with my wife, uh, and I didn't even know who any of the nominees were going in, mm -hmm. and I was better than 500 in my picks. Really? There's something I think you, I, I pay enough attention, I think I got my finger on the pulse of how these academies and whatnot tend to lean. Mm -hmm. I, got, I got a lot more right than I expected. I'm getting us off track. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, so about Daniel Day-Lewis. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about your two guys that you threw out, too. Uh, let's just make those the first three we discuss. Because Nicholson has, I think, a, a lot longer career than Daniel Day-Lewis. He does. And uh, he's he's been nominated 12 times. Wow. 12 wow. times. Wow. damn. 12 times. And uh, he won three. Cuckoo's Nest, Terms of Endearment, and As Good As It Gets. Mm-hmm. Um, so Did yeah. not win for A Few Good Men, which I was very upset about at No, the time. he didn't. Um, but um, he's, he, I mean, he, talk about somebody who got nominated every single time, it seemed like. He was, he just... I mean, every time he did anything that was noteworthy, except for The Departed. I was kind of surprised he didn't get nominated for The Departed. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just always uniformly excellent. Now, Jack is Jack. It's mm -hmm. not, he's not usually different in a lot of these roles. A lot, usually he's about the the same kind of like surly kind of like, gr you know, grizzly type of guy or whatever. He has a few, though, where he's shown he's more Like about that. Schmidt. 
about Schmidt is yeah. one. The Pledge is one, yeah. which is one yeah. that I've always well, liked. even as good as it gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but even the, there, he's kind of like uh, he's 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 biting. He's yeah, you he's know, an asshole. Yeah, he's like you know he's you know like uh, sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here, you know, <laughs> um, and all that. So uh, so so Jack. He does have that sort of that sameness to a lot of things. He, I don't think he's as good an actor as Daniel Day Lewis is, mm. but he's one who's constantly like enthralling audiences with mm-hmm. him being him. And uh, so, I think he deserves definitely deserves to be up there. Um, but there's so many, there's yeah. so many to talk about. Yeah. In fact, what was funny was you sent you know kind of a preview list of some research that you'd done, and I looked at it and I was like, wow. That's how bad it is. I just <laughs> thought of five names that aren't on that, and, yeah. and I, I'm not trying to put down Chris's like research and everything. I was like, well, we got to talk about these guys and these guys. And then there's even more beyond that. Yeah, I know. It's going to be so really hard. On to your pick, Marlon yeah. Brando. Yeah, Marlon Brando, man. All right, so I think of of those three, I don't know. I like da- Daniel Day-Lewis has probably the, the biggest range, but Brando is not that far behind. Mm. When you go back and you look at his Stanley Kowalski, mm-hmm. and when you look at um, all the way up through The Godfather, through Last Tango in Paris, I thought he was very good in that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just got such a range. And and what was interesting when I was looking through this, like he does the Stanislavski, or mm-hmm. did, the Stanislavski system yeah. of acting, which is not method acting, which right. is what Daniel Day-Lewis does. And I think... You can see the difference in that because you can see Daniel Day-Lewis being immersive. Yeah. And not to say that Marlon Brando was not, but I think Marlon Brando was more powerful. Well, and of all these actors that we've talked about so far, Brando's performance in Streetcar Named Desire is the one that most actors go back and say, this is when movies started becoming realer. It wasn't like... You know, our, our great star, we're going to talk about these people later, but Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart days where everybody was kind of like playing up to the camera and yeah. playing for the back row and all that type of stuff. Um, it was the first time where there was some, it, a lot of people cite gritty realism in a movie finally mm-hmm. as far as acting. And so many people refer to that. He got nominated for it, didn't win for so he did win for on the waterfront right he did and yeah. he won for uh godfather god man on the waterfront is just this is where the famous line i could have been a contender you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. Uh, one-way ticket to palookaville like i went back and watched that scene again and the command that he's got like he's eyeballing this motherfucker who has derailed his entire life mm-hmm. and he's like and, and he's 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 weeping but he's also being intimidating he's also being vulnerable yeah Oh, it's all fucking at amazing. Once. It's, oh, it's, it's, so it's, it's, uh, it's unreal. The thing that might be up against Brando is Don Juan DeMarco. Don Juan DeMarco. <laughs> that movie right Island there. Island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah, Island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> I'd put that one up there before Don Juan DeMarco. Um, no, the thing about him is that he started because he, he had gotten labeled as difficult to work with, which is, you know, understandable. <laughs> Um, he started not doing very much, uh, after a while and like, and, 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 and stuff that he did like Don Juan DeMarco and Island of Dr. Moreau and all that. Of course, that's the latter end of the career. And I don't know if we can really judge him on mm-hmm. that. You gotta judge him really in his fifties to seventies game yeah. more than anything. 
So that's a long time. Yeah. It's not like he went Christopher Walken. No. Right. You no. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Christopher Walken was a, was ready to go Christopher Walken in the 70s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> but he clearly don't give a fuck. Right. It's not like Brando ever got to that point, I don't think. And um, we really can't. I don't know if we can judge because this is going to come up a couple times on this, too. I don't know if we can judge as far as the the weirdness that would you know like uh superman he he mm -hmm. he uh he they famously for like five minutes of screen time charged yeah. some astronomical <laughs> amount um and uh and you know the last tango in paris he was he was really really bad to the to the uh co-star oh yeah in that movie mm -hmm. uh stuff that she was not expecting like, yeah he and bertolucci both were, were like that right? yeah, yeah. so uh assholes and then like of course there's all the the legends and the rumors about him reading stuff off of like the <laughs> you know, like opening up drawers and the screenplays in there and stuff like that like in the godfather <laughs> and and who knows if that's true like yeah, only were able to shoot him waist up because he was wearing not wearing pants and stuff like that <laughs> that's I like, one i, I hope like to is believe true. that yeah. you know there's a lot of like of course real weird oddities with brando but that's probably what also made him uh, so fun to watch yeah i mean he he steals apocalypse now you can make an argument for yeah him. i mean because his presence i don't think he's shown until that last scene no except for maybe he's like talked about like all that. the way until the third act and he pays he it off up. because it's so weird and it's so insane and it's so and that's another one where i guess like he had the 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 screenplay taped up or whatever yeah they were sending him lines or something like right. that and i mean he he just owns that scene so much to where you think of i think of colonel kurtz when i think about apocalypse now yeah yeah, yeah absolutely um there's a lot of others let's see uh so carrie grant one i mentioned earlier yeah talk about good range yeah absolutely uh, carrie grant i don't know if i've ever watched one movie where i thought carrie grant was bad or now carrie grant i mean he does have some range but i feel like i've seen him mostly be Cary Grant yeah I was gonna ask that does well maybe I'll, I'm missing something I'll tell you what I mean because I think he's very George Clooney-esque in most of his career yeah uh like North by Northwest and that kind of stuff but it's arsenic and old lace where his talent really jumps out at me in terms of range mm -hmm. because you it's very difficult to be the straight man in a comedy when mm -hmm. everyone else around you is is getting all the attention and the laughs because you have to actually sustain it you have to be the glue the audience, whether they know it or not, is looking to you to know exactly how to react to what's going on. And it's, it's a unique talent. There's a reason in a lot of famous comedy duos, one was a straight man and one yeah, was yeah, not, because yeah. it's not easy to do. Um, but yeah, I'm probably overestimating his overall range, but uh, that one stands out to me. Just a slam dunk comedic actor when it comes down to it. Yeah. When, he, when he was in comedies, North by Northwest is one of my favorite not comedies, mm -hmm. but but uh, if you ever watch The Awful Truth and His Girl Friday and mm -hmm. Arsenic and Old Lace, these are Cary Grant is amazing in those, and those are all fun because of him. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I mean, he's doing a million movies with Hitchcock too, and that's the same as Jimmy Stewart, who's another person we could talk about. Yeah, and uh, I do a very shitty Jimmy Stewart impression around my house. <laughs> <laughs> my wife and I like to watch this movie. <laughs> Um, and when she's in the bushes early on and doesn't have her clothes or her robe and he's got it or whatever, and he's like, oh, a very interesting situation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I quote that one all around. The house. Anytime there's something interesting going on in the house, I catch my wife in the middle of something weird. That sounds I wonder weird. how scandalous that was back then. You know, I get the feeling it was pretty bad. Yeah. I get the feeling it was, I mean, not, you know, like people protesting the film or anything, right. but I think that, I think it was pretty scandalous. Yeah. There uh, was a, when Jim Carrey hosted Saturday Night Live, he did a full sketch 
Oh, no, it was the Joe Pesci show uh, that uh, it was uh, Jim. Jim Brewer. Jim Brewer did. Remember mm-hmm. that, that sketch? Yeah, yeah. He came out as as Jimmy Stewart like right at the end of his life. And he nailed the impression. Oh, he's good at it. And he's, he's hilarious. And like he ends up taking the bat and beating up Joe Pesci and beating up the camera and all that stuff. But like. At that point, I don't think anybody knew who the fuck Jimmy Stewart was. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that is kind of because he, especially for our generation, if you weren't exposed, I guess once you get to It's a Wonderful Life. But you know, my mom loved classic films so much, mm-hmm. I got exposed early. But but you know, when I was a kid, he was making those Campbell soup commercials. He's like an eighty-year-old <laughs> man or whatever. Um, uh, but Jimmy Stewart obviously has a ton of stuff with Frank Capra, mm-hmm. and he's got a ton of stuff with Hitchcock, mm-hmm. and. And he's just, is the reason why he was he's so likable and everything. He's just so I I wonder how if he was like this in real life. Yeah, I feel I, like he was. You kind of have to believe that. Again, all of our heroes are probably dicks, and I'm used to it <laughs> by now. Um, but I really love Harvey. That's one that I don't yep. see people mention a yeah. whole lot, where he's talking the entire time to an invisible eight foot tall rabbit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's just so charming. He, you believe that goddamn rabbit is there by the end of it. He just sucks you into his fantasy because he's just so all shucks. Yeah. Very interesting situation. Yeah. Well, even in Rear Window, like he's not playing the greatest character in the world. I mean, he's he's I got w- some flaws and everything, but he just makes him so likable and relatable that you're obviously rooting for him the whole time. Yeah. I would say that his the biggest dick character I've seen him play. Now, I didn't watch a lot of the Westerns. I did see the, uh, the Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. I don't think he was a bad guy in that either, though. But... Um, he the the worst dude I ever saw him play was in Vertigo. Oh yeah, in Vertigo, uh, you know he he you know he loses his his girlfriend basically, and then like um, and then he finds somebody who's who's who who's Novakish, yeah, and uh, and then basically transforms her into yeah. his vision of what she should look like. That's like the the darkest yeah. shit right there. Yeah. Um. That's as dark as he got. But. Well, you're forgetting that time he played Satan. <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm sure that in Fievel Goes West he was awful. <laughs> he was a he was a terrible person. Uh, he's in Once Upon a Time in the West too, right? No, he's in um, What's How the, the West Was Won. How the West Was Won. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, he started like towards the end of his uh, his prime career, he started doing a lot of these westerns. Mm. A lot of westerns for some reason. I don't know if it was just something he'd always wanted to do or. Well, I th- also think there was kind of a boom of westerns in that era. That's when Eastwood was making all of his. Yeah. And, uh, so and spaghetti, the spaghetti western. But mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, so those two guys, Cary Grant was nominated twice and he never won. Uh, and Gee. Jimmy Stewart won, uh, nominated five times and won for Philadelphia Story. Both of them were in Philadelphia Story. Hmm. Interesting. That's um, the only movie they're in together, I think. Right? Uh, it might be. Um, but uh, I don't know. What is what is your favorite Jimmy Stewart? Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Yeah, I would say so. Man, I mean, you can't get more iconic than that that congressional speech. Yeah. Where uh, you know he's just so fucking hoarse at the end. Where he's just you know what is it? I I I can keep going. You know, even though it, uh, it seems like I'm weak, I can keep going. Yeah. God damn, I just butchered that quote. Yeah, really I good. would say mine is "It's a Wonderful Life." Mm-hmm. I think Rear Window's my favorite movie he's in. Yeah. But my favorite character is just just that arc is classic, and mm-hmm. it's the same arc as Christmas Carol and everything else. But uh, he just sells it so well. Especially the disappointed Jimmy Stewart, like before he realizes how to be happy with his life, and mm-hmm. he's, which is, I mean, he sells that darkness pretty well. I, mean, I think Vertigo's my favorite, but I also love him in Rope too because he's he's got two basic, he's got two different things he's got to do in that. First, he's just the 
he's sort of the socialite of that party in rope and then when he finds out what's going on then he's like devastated that he's he's his words have made these guys do this and he's going through all the whole range of emotions in that movie but um but yeah, when he was with Hitchcock, I mean, both of those guys, when they were with Hitchcock, they were just at their best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's something about Hitchcock, I think. Yeah. Uh, all right. What else? Who else? Well, I mean, I could throw out Denzel. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Den- Denzel was on my list, too. Denzel um, is is one of the only, you got Jack, maybe, and you've got Denzel the, that are basically first, mm-hmm. first name associated. Yeah. Denzel, I know he's still working and everything, but I think he's got the body of work to stand up with any of these guys well and he has i've long said he's probably my favorite actor it's been lately it's been between him and leo i'll watch anything either one of those people make and i won't i want to even talk about leo for a few minutes here in a second uh but denzel even when the movies he's in aren't great he's always great yeah. and he's super engaging and yeah he plays a lot of denzel is drunk roles here and there <laughs> yeah. um but you know he's he's got the highs the dramatic highs he's got the the subtle performances even something like that train movie with Chris Pine, Unstoppable or yeah. whatever, becomes uh, super watchable just because he's got so much presence. It's like you talk about gravitas, if you will. Uh, he's got it. But Denzel, it's weird. Like, I feel like Denzel's another type of actor where you're like, is this? Is he doing the same thing a lot, too? He's kind of like Jack Nicholson. There's there are There are obviously movies where it's a different shade of Denzel, where it's like a different kind of... Where, like, like and he got game. He's... I mean, I don't know. He got game. He seems a little bit different from what he is in, say, Courage Under Fire. Mm-hmm. But there's still a lot of that that threaten and that menace and that uh, whatever he uh, adds to a role and everything. Um, yeah, especially after Training Day. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of, I mean, I guess in, yeah, in Inside Man, he's basically playing the same thing again. But Training Day was really like the line of demarcation where you say, like, post that, he is some sort of uh, a, a version of that. But before mm. that... You know, I know Malcolm X has some of the same qualities and everything, but he's Malcolm just X so is his best. Amazing. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. And then of course Glory, and then you've got Philadelphia. Yeah, well now Philadelphia is another one. Yeah. Philadelphia is close to being that, that those performances, both Hanks and Washington, may be underrated, even though Hanks yeah. won the Oscar. Washington's is definitely underrated in that because mm-hmm. that's a that's a different kind of like it's easy to make a movie like that and have him be the lawyer that's like, yes, I will take your case. I like, I, I am, I am fine with everything that you do in your personal <laughs> yeah. life. But he's not that. Yep. He's the last resort for for Tom Hanks in that movie, and he's not on board with it. Mm-hmm. And and he has to sort of grow. And even by the end of it, he's still got things he's got to learn. Yeah. And everything, even though he's like sort of like okay, now I'm I'm okay with your lifestyle, blah 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 blah. He still makes those mistakes. Yeah. And um, it's a it's a performance I don't think gets nearly enough attention. No, because um, Hanks Hanks overshadows him almost, you know, rightfully so. But yeah, he's got the showier role. Yeah. But uh, but you know, it's kind of like the same. It's kind of like uh, the performance Tom Cruise does in Rain Man. Where, mm-hmm. where, you know, Dustin Hoffman is the guy who's basically, you know, overshadowing that whole movie. Cruz, like, and, and, and people have grown to understand that Cruz is a lot better yeah. than they gave him credit for in that movie. He's uh, such an asshole in that movie. But, uh, but yeah, I know. We can go right into Cruz. <laughs> um, Cruz, of all the names that we're going to mention today, has the biggest box office record of all of them. Sure, sure. He, uh, he, I mean, he, he's not much in the way of awards, and he's only been nominated three times. 
uh, and Cruz is Cruz. Cruz doesn't have a lot of variants to his roles either. The the biggest one is probably Magnolia. Mm-hmm. Magnolia and maybe Born on the Fourth of July. Yeah, that was the first time. That was the first movie I ever saw where I I, I viewed him as more than just some cheesy eighties action star. Yeah, uh, where because he has that moment, especially where he's like like Who's gonna want me? And he's like weeping mm-hmm. in his bed. Um, he he's great in that. But you're right for the most part. He's got a little Kevin Costner syndrome where he's kind of the same guy in most of these movies, just kind of a little slight variance. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said in your email, you can we can't just dismiss his body of work and the successes that he's had. Yeah, you know, the issue with Cruz now is is Scientology. Yeah. I mean the that's the biggest thing, that's yeah. the biggest knock against him. And the question is if it become if it's if it's possibly him on Rushmore later, do we knock down a whole bunch of points for? Him being a part of this organization that we've seen a million documentaries about. <laughs> and um, My wife is addicted to that Leah Remini show. Yeah, yeah. She had Paul Haggis on most recent episode. Oh, really? Well, she is ready to tear them down. I don't know if she'll succeed, but she is she pissed. That Paul Haggis story, when at first I'm derailing a little bit, but when uh, that Haggis story ran, I think in the New Yorker or something like that, back in 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. uh, when he published that open letter, uh, I was reading that and it's like started at 10 o'clock at night or something like that. Did not realize that it was almost the length of like a novella. <laughs> oh, wow. It's super long. <laughs> kept going, kept going. Kept, it, it was so intriguing, though. I bet. Am I, I bet. wrong in thinking that Haggis is still part of the Scientology? Yes. And, and I'm wrong? Yes. <laughs> well, sorry. Because the... I, I got the sense that in that, um, in that one, the HBO documentary that came out about it, that actually, I think that's what they kept he kept saying like I, I i learned these things about him but then i stayed with them and i stayed with them and it's like it's not really about the scientology now it's just more about you know it's about uh something that gives you hope and mm. and whatever it's okay, not really but he i mean he's probably he's probably out of it i mean it's it's just that i got the sense that he was still part of it but not like like a zealot or I don't think like they'll that. let anyone still connected to the church to, uh, appear on that show of Leah Remini's. No. And so if he was on there being interviewed, I'm sure he's done attending and eating Thetans or whatever it is. That he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely eating Thetans. <laughs> he's got a Nature Box subscription. Mm-hmm, that's right. <laughs> he got the pickled pear Thetans. It's Thetan Box. <laughs> Spicy Thetans. Um... <laughs> but uh, but Cruz had that uh, that stretch in the '90s where I think just about every movie that he made made a hundred million yeah. or more, uh, and it wasn't until Eyes Wide Shut broke it. Eyes Wide Shut broke that uh, that streak he had. It was like even stuff like I think even Far and Away even made made hundred million dollars. You really probably like did. <laughs> Fuck that. It, movie, it, it might have started. It might have started after Far and Away with the firm. The firm might have started that streak. Um, but like everything he did after that was just you know Jerry Maguire, Mission Impossible, all those movies. You know he's got a great stoic face though. Mm-hmm. You know I mean when when he really settles in and like I guess it may be the Scientology stuff where he like focuses. I mentioned that time last time uh, about Eyes Wide Shut where he's just in this this trance mm-hmm. while she's telling that story. But the firm is another example where like all these realizations keep dawning on him, and when he finally tells Gene Triplehorn about it. Like he's just walk, walking in in this daze and turns up the music and tells her all this. She freaks out and everything. He's just, he does. He is definitely an underrated actor. He's obviously the most bankable movie star. Mm-hmm. I love in the informant 
when <laughs> Mark Whitaker's like, it's just like the firm. Everything that happened to Tom Cruise is happening to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like some Crichton novel. <laughs> um, so Cruise, I think, should definitely be uh, considered just for his large box office uh, clout and everything. Let's talk about Dustin Hoffman for a second. All okay. right. Dustin Hoffman, man, that now there's a guy who uh, now was he is he method? I think he's method. I think he is. Um, but talk about somebody who sort of transforms into his role and everything, and like, uh, and that was that um, famous uh, run in with Lawrence Olivier where Hoffman was doing this whole thing where he was like uh, not sleeping for a role. He was, he was oh made, wow, and uh, and and Hoffman was just dog tired during shoots and all that, and Olivier was like, try acting, it's, <laughs> it's easier. <laughs> Um, and then later on in Hook, when uh, when Hoffman was going to Spielberg about something, Williams re- repeated that line. Oh wow! And said, "Try acting." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, Hoffman uh, just constantly, sort of, you know, he's always that guy, man. And they talk about a varied mm-hmm. career, Lenny. Mm-hmm. uh rain man um uh the graduate the graduate his his role in dick tracy i mean these sphere sphere <laughs> runaway jury wag the dog wag the dog he's awesome wag oh, the dog he's man. great um well you haven't even mentioned tootsie yet yeah tootsie's um, tootsie's ridiculously good yeah um so he, that's a guy who always transformed into his roles and the question is though how big is Hoffman compared to a lot of the other 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 guys that we're going to mention I here? I feel like he's always overlooked. Yeah, he in, is. In these conversations. I guess he just didn't. I mean, Tootsie, I guess arguably in The Graduate, are his two biggest roles. I guess maybe Rain Man up there, too. Man, uh, The Graduate, and then all the presidents, men. Yeah, you know. What, he, like you every time like you, yeah. Yeah, every time you sit there and think, oh, okay, I've pretty much named the movies he's in or whatever, there's like five others that co- that crop up. That's another dude that like can just hold you with it with his stare too. You know, like he's got a very he seems like a very tiny guy like in stature. Yeah, but he projects this like you know confidence, I mm. guess, and uh, that's really cool to see an actor. Yeah, um, and he was in Kramer versus Kramer. Oh yeah, yeah. One. I love apparently that. The, I love that movie. Apparently the uh, the Hoffman and Streep. Uh, like in real life didn't like each other really so um because she's different in how she approaches uh acting mm. than he is and stuff like that uh whatever uh he's won two times mm-hmm. uh he won for rain man and he won for um uh kramer versus kramer uh so and he's been nominated eight times is that right? one two three four five six i'm counting seven nominations <laughs> nice. i like how you counted and then you told us you were counting yeah exactly i'm counting yeah, I've got another one that actually I was just watching a Hoffman Streep scene today, but a different Hoffman, Philip Seymour. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's um, another one. Now that he's no longer working, obviously, mm-hmm. um, I think we can evaluate his career. Now, it's not as huge of a body of work as Dustin Hoffman, but God damn. I mean, the guy from from a performance like Doubt to Boogie Nights to what I consider some of his best in, in The Master and Paul Thomas Anderson's The Master. The guy just never, never let anything down. Son of a woman, Twister, like he just brought it every time. Well, right? and I guess we'll 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 end up splitting hairs maybe eventually if we do if we do as many topics for Mount Rushmore as I think we will. Philip Seymour Hoffman's going to be on the Mount Rushmore for supporting actors, mm, mm-hmm. but I don't know that he's had enough leading roles 
the, the, the thing he's got going for him in this conversation is he's up there with Daniel Day-Lewis in terms of ne- never a bad performance mm-hmm. and one of the best, most varied types of actors that we've ever seen. Um, and he elevates every movie he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wonder if the body of work, because you, you rattle off a lot of this, these roles and they're kind of supporting roles. That's true. He's yeah. a supporting role. In every, I mean, he's the main player in state and Maine, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But there's not too many where he's the he's the main focus. Um, That's a good point. Nominated four times, one once for Capote, where he's of course he's awesome <laughs> yeah. in yep. that. Um, there's a movie that I always keep trying to get people to go watch, uh, and it's Owning Mahoney. Oh, where <laughs> yeah. he's the uh, the guy who uh, plays craps at uh, casinos with with his bank's money, um, <laughs> and uh, he is great in that. Um, I mean, really, and. And in Mission Impossible three, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, you know, I some people love Mission Impossible three. I'm still on the fence about that movie. It's just a longer Alias episode. Yeah, that's the way I feel about. <laughs> it. I don't hate it. I loved Alias, but he's so good in that. He mm-hmm. is. That he's better than anything else going on in that movie. This <laughs> is one of the best villains we've ever seen yep. in a movie, and I always bring up that scene, man. After he's th- he's been thrown off the plane and everything, and he calls Cruz at the hospital, and he's like, "He threw me off a plane." <laughs> Doesn't say hello or anything like that. <laughs> you just threw me off a plane. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if we were going just on OBP in terms of percentage of times out that mm-hmm. they hit a home run with their performance, then uh, he's in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Another little known one too is Charlie Wilson's War. Was another yeah. you know, where oh, he's yeah. uh, he's great in that, and that's the one that I need to revisit. But he he steals that movie right away from Tom. He's Hanks. in a movie we're going to watch tonight. Oh yeah, that's, that's right. correct. Yeah, Big Lebowski. Yeah, that's right. Um. So any who's who's okay? Others? Well, let's talk Leo for at least thirty seconds. We All should. Right. He's probably the youngest name we we're going to throw out. Mm-hmm. Um. Still has been acting since he was a teenager. And has been outstanding since he was a teenager. Yeah. Um, the only the only marks I think on him ha- does he have a big enough body of work, and sometimes he makes bad choices. But like we were talking about the Aviator, I think last time, mm-hmm. and how it's not that great. I don't really love. He's still really good. I can't watch that movie and go, oh, he's terrible in this. Um, and and if you go back, even his younger stuff, everybody's going to cite Gilbert Grape, especially Frank from Twitter. Um, but I I like to cite this boy's life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because he's almost as young there. I think that movie might even have come out before Gilbert Gray. Yeah, I think it did. He's so good as this foster kid who's just been dicked over by like 17 different evil stepdads in life. Hmm. Uh, his mom is just a serial, you know, attracted to terrible men, marriage woman. Um, and De Niro, of course, is the most recent one in this movie. If you haven't ever seen it, it's fantastic. But he shows so much talent right there. It's all—it's almost a shame to me that Gilbert Grape got all the attention from his early career. Yeah, and you know, there's others that he's been in that that nobody really brings up, like Basketball Diaries. Yep. He's yeah. really good in that. That's really where I mean, he was obviously great in Gilbert Grape, but he was playing a certain type of role. Mm-hmm. But Basketball Diaries is really where he took off the growing pains sheen and sure. stuff like that. And he's really like this true actor. And even a movie that, uh, you know, I, I've been, you know, pimping for years and, you know, will never be a, a huge thing. Quick and the Dead. He's good yeah. in the Quick and the Dead. Yep. Um, Still really young there, too. Yeah, very young in the Quick and the Dead. Um, uh, and, you know, I mean, if there's, there's, an, I guess there's another thing against DiCaprio, too, is that he's he's kind of a yelly actor. He's one of those type of guys that comes in, he yells, and it's like, oh, that's a great performance. Yeah. So you look how much he yells. And, <laughs> um, and then when he goes and does The Revenant, the, all of those haters are just like, look how much he grunts. Right, was, yeah. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> he's not yelling. But what about, like, Blood Diamond? I mean, this is that, that was a more nuanced performance. Um, that I agree. It's one of my favorite, you know, 
B plus movies. Mm-hmm. It's it's not perfect, but it's really. I was talking actually the conversation with my cousin on Twitter about our last podcast and not bringing up Paul Thomas Anderson somehow wound us around to uh, Amistad and and how uh, good Anthony Hopkins is is in it, mm-hmm. and then brought up and it's what gave us Jaman Honsu, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, yes, and if they would stop casting him as random henchmen and more stuff like Blood Diamond because <laughs> yeah. he's awesome in yeah, Blood Diamond, is. so yeah, and I mean, you know, I, Blood Diamond was uh, was good for me because the trailer. I was like, what is this accent he's doing? Yeah. I thought this was a terrible accent. Yeah. And then uh, I watched the movie and I was like, oh, okay. I can I can get into this. He's he's actually really good in this. He's, it's South African, right? Yeah. Yes. Which is a super hard accent, I think, for Americans at least to nail. Mm-hmm. Because you got a little bit of British and you've got a little bit of like almost Dutch sounding in there. A little bit of Australian. So it, I, I don't know. I've just never gotten that accent. No. Yeah. Well, and he's... I think he does a really good job with that accent, mm-hmm. which is weird because I've seen a couple different places with people kind of poking fun at it. Yeah. I think it's just because they're not used to hearing a South African accent. Mm-hmm. But what, whatever he's doing, he's consistent the whole way through the movie yeah. on that accent. And it helps sell the character because the character's you know I, authentically African. I also thought that Wolf of Wall Street was a good uh, a good performance for him because I didn't know really. I mean, catch me if you can. He has some. He shows some comedic chops. Yep. Um, but I didn't know he had that kind of comedic chops that he shows in Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. where you know he's 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 being an asshole about everything that he's being funny about. He he went all in in that movie. Yeah, he did, and he's he's got all these he's got all these great comedic actors surrounding him. Yeah, and he's just kind of like I so he's he's letting them do their thing, and then he does his thing. Yeah, that <laughs> fucking scene in the in the boardroom when they're talking about the little people. Oh like they can't, they can't Yeah, no, it's like these things, man. These things. <laughs> As, just, as an aside, uh, just to make me sound like a terrible person, I walked in the, my wife's TV room the other day, and she was watching some reality show on TLC with little people. Mm-hmm. And I said, cause, and I didn't recognize him. And I was like, how many shows? How many reality shows do you think we really need about little people? Because <laughs> there's little couple, there's little little something, big something, little people, big world, and now there's this new one my wife is watching. Really? And I'm like, I think three is oversaturation at this point. No offense to little people. I'm just, I almost think you're being exploited as a genre of people Sounds like yeah. it. by yeah. this network because they're just copy pasting the yeah. formula. Anyway, DiCaprio might be the last, um, last of our, like, you said it's our youngest one we'll probably come up with. He might be the last, like, real movie star out of all this he might. group. Like, everybody who's younger than him, even people like Hardy and F- Fastbender and, uh gosling all these guys i i don't know if they they sell a movie based on their name no i agree uh dicaprio is one of the few who does yeah. uh and, and yeah he does come up with some misfires the, obviously the movie needs to look good it doesn't it can't just be dicaprio on there and everybody goes to watch it but uh he's one of the few left that sells a movie based on his name no i agree i think and I, what's funny is you rattle off a bunch of super talented people like tom hardy and mm-hmm. fastbender not we're not knocking on their acting ability we're no. talking like about the movie star quality i think that's a good point yeah should we talk about the uh the italian stallions sure Want to do Pacino or De Niro first? Okay, now De Niro, I don't think is Italian. All right, <laughs> he we plays talk? a lot of Italian. He does. So. Well, he's got he got an Italian name, but I think he's <laughs> Irish or something. Oh, really? We'll have to look that up. <laughs> don't you know? <laughs> oh, well. That's Minnesota. He's yeah. got a, he's definitely got an Italian name, and he's probably like Italian American. Yeah, we'll just for the purposes of this conversation, considering he played Vito fucking Corleone, I think that that qualifies. Yeah, he's an honorary Italian at right. this point. He's so understated in that movie. 
I love it. That's Godfather one of my two. Yeah, because uh, what I had known De Niro for, I didn't see the Godfather movies until well into college when I'd become a big film fan, and mm-hmm. I was much more familiar with his stuff with Scorsese and the louder, angrier. Mm-hmm. And in that movie, he's so low key. <laughs> a lot of it's because he doesn't speak a lot of English, and he's in America or whatever. But um, I lo- I love him in that movie. He's so intimidating. He's so dangerous in that movie. You're introduced to him as a family man, but then. As soon as he's got that that landlord coming in and just weeping at his feet, basically, and doing whatever he, he wants. He just, he's a hard ass. I, so, he just flips and goes, I am not going to take this shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, it's so good. And when he comes in, he's like, you know, I'll, I'll uh, uh, she pays half or something like that. De Niro has this look as Vito where he just looks over and doesn't even respond to him and just like looks away. And the guy's like, no, 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 okay. You know, she's yeah. basically nothing. You, you Whatever. Right. Or uh, lower the $10. And he's like, oh, now we have an agreement. Yeah. Like, ah, so it was good. finally, you know, he his character is someone who finally looked at this white dude, this dude in white or whatever, <laughs> and said, this guy doesn't have nearly as much power as he pretends. Don Fanucci. Yeah. And, uh, and finally figures it out. Watching De Niro in the 70s is a wonder to behold. Yep. Every movie that he's in, you can see how invested he is in it, especially yeah. when Taxi Driver rolls around. Uh, and then Raging Bull, he just like just adds on. But uh, but those performances in the 70s, this is why De Niro is sort of a short form for whenever somebody's at, talking about like, you know, great job, De Niro, whatever. Yeah. He's, he's that's the that's the guy that you come up with. He's he's only been nominated seven times in his career that's crazy that's it is crazy um you know and they're all the ones that you'd expect Mm -hmm. uh silver linings playbook was you know his last one but like he's you can see how how invested he is in these things and yeah i think uh, it started i don't know i think once you play roles like that for so long Mm -hmm. it wears on you and Man, you see his latter day work and everything. You know, there's only a couple that you can pick at that are that are good. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard when it comes down to it. When we're thinking about putting his face up on Rushmore here, yeah, because he's because he kind of quit, didn't he? He almost yeah. did. I mean, he, he quit while still getting the paychecks. Well, yeah, yeah but um, you know, he had sort of a renaissance when uh, when an analyze this and meet the parents came out. He had this sort of this new comedy thing or whatever, just being old De Niro. Um, but it, it really his last good one that I thought was. I mean, I don't think there's anything past Jackie Brown mm-hmm. that really reminds me of what how he used to be jackie brown he's a different person than that than he is in anything that's else. the same era but i was thinking copland well copland he's mm-hmm. great in that too and uh and just before that he's in and he had two in one year he's great casino and heat yeah yeah um and and but you know even in even in, well casino he's playing a definitely playing a, a different character in heat he's kind of just playing de niro and that but still it's great de niro yeah um jackie brown is a completely different thing i've never seen him do before i love that scene uh in the bar with him and samuel L. jackson oh, uh, yeah. where he's like you know i didn't i didn't know if she was your girlfriend or whatever and he's like but you still fucked her right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah he's like, like he's like it's like i knew she was gonna fuck you within like 10 minutes or whatever it's, um but uh he's like, so you were you didn't feel a little bit guilty he's like a little bit Maybe a little, little bit, bit. <laughs> um but yeah he's when he's great he there's not very many that can touch him. Mm-hmm. um the problem is is that i think he just expended it all in the 70s and there's a few in the 80s where 
I mean, you can come up with something like a Midnight Run or something, mm-hmm. but even in Midnight Run, even though he's funny in that and everything, it's just still, it's still, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm glad to finally be just able to just do this for a change, yeah. you know? Um, and in Goodfellas, even as great as he is in Goodfellas, you know, it's sort of, it's not, it's not that whole transformative mm-hmm. type of thing that he was doing. This is the reason why we look at him as a legend. Um, but he's got to be mentioned for sure. You want to talk about Pacino? What about Pacino? Another person that is yes. really dive bombed off. Well, another guy is best works in the seventies. Yep. Um, and then he had a, he just dipped down in the eighties. And then in the nineties, he had sort of a renaissance there with Glengarry Glenn Ross, cinema woman. Mm-hmm. He was also in heat of, of course, um, Donnie Brasco, which yep. never hardly ever gets mentioned. Um, and you know, we, we like to bring up devil's advocate, oh, but unfortunately yeah. devil's advocate is what Pacino's acting career became. He was after, nominated for that after, right? <laughs> no, he was not <laughs> after sin of a woman. Yeah. Uh, sin of a woman was like, Oh, people like the hoo you know, and uh, I, I, I'll just do that all the time. I think I'm the only one that really like holds the, the torch for sin of a woman. I think it's a really good, no, he's, one that has felt no he's great in sin of a woman. The problem is, is what he became after yeah. that. Now he's restrained in heat mm-hmm. and in insi- in the insider. Mm-hmm. The Michael Mann sort of reigns him in. And insomnia. Uh, yeah, insomnia. Mm-hmm. But, well, even in the insider, he still has a few screaming. Oh sessions. yeah, he definitely. Yeah. And the heat, he does too. Yeah. I mean, he's still he, in the heat. He's got a lot of those just weird Pacinoisms, whatever. But for the most part, he's restrained. Yeah. Um. But I, I don't know. Like after that, his biggest work is stuff like in miniseries where he's yeah. or or HBO movies like uh, where he's he played uh, Phil Spector yeah. and he played Jack Kevorkian and uh, and that Angels in America, which was another one that he was very well acclaimed in. Everything though, as far as movie is concerned, it just seems like he just kind of you know he's like he's like De Niro. He's just like I'm ready just to take it easy for a change. Yeah. So I, the question is, does that body of work? From 70s up into, for at least Pacino, into the late late 90s, early 2000s, does that hold up against the well, best of, of other ones? Man, Pacino's great work stands up better than De Niro's. I, I think. think so, too. As far, as far as number. Yeah. Like, I don't think Pacino is better than De Niro in any one of those, like Taxi Driver or Raging Bull or anything. Um, but... I do think like consistently he is in, he's, he's great in all these movies. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, you have Godfather, you have Godfather two, you have Serpico, uh, dog day afternoon. <sighs> so good. Uh, and justice for all now to be honest, he is shouty in a lot of these. Yeah. 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 And I guess that, I guess it's not really sin of a woman that really got him there. He's always kind of been that way, but dog day afternoon though, he, he takes off though. Yeah. You know, obviously it's like a high pressure environment and everything, but like he doesn't, you know, he's got that Attica, Attica yeah. moment. But, like, up until then, like, he's just this nervous, like, hyperkinetic dude, you know? I don't know. I love that You guys are so also much. forgetting about Dick Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> Tracy! 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 Um, it nominated eight times, including for aforementioned Dick Tracy. Yeah. Was he nominated for that? Seriously? He was. Oh, my God. That's it's great. My favorite part of that is, like, his non sequiturs where he's, like, quoting somebody. He's like, Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> um so yeah uh i mean this is why it's going to be so hard Mm -hmm. because i don't think a lot of these actors you're going to find they have that opening a crazy amount of good work and then they start to tail off a little as they as they age there's not very many that just keep it up all the way through well and that's the thing i want to at least 
throw, let's go back in the day a little bit now since we've been on so many living modern actors. Because two that I wrote down that I thought were worthy of throwing into the discussion were John Hurt okay. and mm-hmm. Richard Harris. Yeah. By the way, factoid that I learned researching for this podcast, early in his career, one of his first movies he ever made, John Hurt, a movie called The Contact. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> one of the later movies he made that we love him in, Contact. Um, and same with him and Richard Harris, who, who, who who most of us remember as the Dumbledore from the first two movies. Um, they have such long careers. There's mm-hmm. so many movies I've never heard of that mm-hmm. I don't think are very acclaimed. And But again, the highs are so high for these guys, and the, and the longevity is there that I feel like they, they at least deserve to be mentioned, uh, in, at least in this context. Definitely. So, I mean, yeah. And, and Hurt might have the same problem as, like, Philip Seymour Hoffman does. In yeah. He never was a leading guy. He was always the... But man, he was always welcome in every movie. He was mm-hmm. always also in Owning Mahoney, by the way. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Another not tr- reason for yeah. seeing that movie. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. I mean, and I, you know, unfortunately, I may not know enough about Richard Harris. Uh, I know he was in a lot of like really great movies and everything, and he's probably come up with great performances in a lot of them. But I don't think I've seen a lot of them. I've right. seen I've seen a lot of his latter day work, but right. like the stuff that he's really known for. I'm looking at him. He was nominated twice, uh, one for a movie called This Sporting Life and another one called The Field, which came out in 1990. Hmm. Um, so he was nominated twice. I don't know about Hurt. Uh, nominated for two Oscars. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. The Elephant Man. Was, oh, yeah. uh, was oh, that's his probably most his famous role. Yeah, and uh, Midnight Express he was nominated for. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, both of those guys, I yeah, I don't have no problem talking yeah. about them it's not the kind of thing where i'm like oh they're definitely gonna be up there but it's the kind of thing just the the breadth of work i think has to be recognized while we're back in the day where do we consider orson wells the actor man mm. he was he was a good actor but he he also took a lot of like just weird shit type of things to keep food on the table and everything like that and he only has like he only has a no. couple yeah that are really, really, really good. Touch of Evil, he's amazing mm-hmm. in, and he's obviously great in Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe I don't know enough. Was of he his... in Third Man? Yeah, he was. He was in the. He was, yeah, he, he was directed in Third Man. it. Yeah. No, that was um, Carol Reed did Third oh, Man. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's in that too. So yeah, he's he's got great performances. I don't know if I've seen enough. Mm. Uh, if if he's been in a lot that were great. Uh, I haven't seen them. Yeah. Those are the three that I that I would name right off the bat, and then after that, I don't really... Transformers. Transformers, the, the, movie. the movie. Yeah. The Transformers, the movie. The Transformers, the movie. So how many people do you think out there are really going to want us to talk about John Wayne? I don't know. Well, I yeah, and there's another... Here's here's the problem, again, where it, we're three, three guys in a room. I haven't watched very many John Wayne movies. Well, and what I've seen... First of all, he does kind of have that Costner thing where he always seems to be playing the same character. Mm-hmm. Um... And I think he's. I think he would belong on the movie star Mount Rushmore because mm-hmm. he definitely put butts in seats back then, the way yes. that you know Tom Cruise does today. Um, but I never really thought, well, that's a great actor right there. Yeah. Now I suppose he he's really really good in one or two of them. I think True Grit is one of them where he kind of like shows some better acting. Yeah, range. No, he's terrific in that. But um, you know, I just I I feel like there's a corner out there, the internet, maybe even a couple friends of mine that would be like. <laughs> 
raising their fists in anger if we didn't at least throw his name out and acknowledge you know, the, the long, I, great career. I definitely thought about him. It's just that I didn't know what to say once I got there. I think I've only seen one movie. It was Hondo. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I've seen, no, I've seen The Searchers, too. But I haven't. I mean, he's really just, that's what John Wayne did, was come into a movie and be the guy that kicked everybody's ass, and then everybody was sent home happy. Yeah. Uh, he's nominated twice for True Grit. He won for True wow. Grit, mm. and um, and The Sands of Iwo Jima. Uh, mm. But uh, but yeah, he was never a guy that you got to be that varied, you know, type of actor and everything. But certainly, just like Cruz, mm-hmm. uh, box office draw that was the big thing, and he did a lot. He made a lot of you know money. When yeah, he- I like the idea of a movie star Mount Rushmore because somebody like. Will Smith or George Clooney could could be in the running for Agreed. that. Agreed, but not necessarily. I mean, Will Smith maybe for for acting, but definitely not Clooney. I'm 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 willing to stretch this topic out as long as possible because yeah. it's been so fun. Yeah. So um, I I'm down with that. Uh, one that has a very long career still going. I, we touched on him earlier, but Tom Hanks. Yeah. yeah, would he be eligible to be up there? Because talk about a varied career, man. Yeah, there's times where he's Hanks. But like Saving Private Ryan Hanks versus Big Hanks versus Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, uh, Apollo 13, those are pretty nuanced. Yeah, yeah, the only problem, again, is that he likes to fill in the gaps in between great movies by doing shit like Dan Brown new movies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, he's generally great in everything I've seen him in. It's just, you know, he's got, because he takes so much work, he's got more misses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but Hanks did have a period of time there in the late 80s to the late 90s that was impeccable. I agree. There were very few misses in that in that hit, in that group of movies. Like I don't think Splash is a is a masterpiece by any means, mm-hmm. but that was the first time I was introduced to Tom Hanks was <laughs> Splash. That was another one of those movies that used to come on HBO all the time and I'd watch it and watch it and watch Just it. Just to see Daryl Hannah's butt. Pretty much. Yep um and uh but then then big came along and yep. he's fantastic in that uh and he, i you know you get to think that hanks is just kind of a comedic actor he was in turner and hooch the burbs mm-hmm. and all this stuff uh dragnet yeah dragnet and um and then uh you know then he then there was the the you know the all-time uh failure of bonfire of the vanities which i think still hollywood talks about do you yeah. remember much about that movie no, no. i no. kind of want to rewatch it again because the book is good i that's the thing that i keep hearing is the book was so good and there was not a hotter property in <laughs> hollywood and you got bruce willis you got tom hanks you had all you know this was like the biggest thing that they could pot and they fucked it up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and brian de palma directing yeah, it there's you know, just a so morbid curiosity that i want to that i want to get back into i don't it. remember anything about it i watched it in the 90s somewhere mm-hmm. and it was on video but i don't remember a thing about yeah. it but then um you know it was it was sleepless in seattle that i think really sort of took him off and then uh philadelphia forrest gump apollo 13 that thing you do saving private ryan Ryan, castaway there was nothing that was really like you know bad and then and then after that uh that was i don't know he he did start doing the the dan brown stuff like in 2006 i believe was the uh the da vinci code um and he's doing that because of ron howard because of their relationship not not because i think tom hanks was like this is gonna be a great movie yeah (laughs) movies like larry crown started coming out and um 
Well, he's in that Charlie Catch, Wilson's War, too. Yeah, Charlie Wilson's War Catch is, me if you is can. actually good. Catch Me If You Can came out at the tail end. So Catch Me If You Can can actually include 2002. The Terminal might be the movie that started yeah. him sort of downsliding. Because I kind of I like that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, Terminal, the Terminal was the first time where, like, you're, you know, Spielberg and Hanks together. You just thought, oh, there's this just can't miss. And yeah. it missed. Yeah, yeah, it missed. It yeah. We forgot to mention that when we were bring, talking about Spielberg last week. <laughs> the terminal. I always yeah, forget he had well, anything to do with that movie. I think when we talked about Spielberg, we talked about how his career also started to fall off yeah. a little bit after Minority Report and Catch Me If You Can, because then it was like Terminal and you know War of the Worlds mm-hmm. and uh, you know just stuff like that just coming out, and you're like, yeah, it's not the same Spielberg. That yeah. Anyway, yeah, Hanks, you have to you have to definitely have to talk about because of that big stretch there. That I mean, it's it was amazing. It seemed like every year he was in something that was worth talking about um what about anthony hopkins yeah i mean i think he's been doing it for so long and has been so respected um but you know he's he's another one that has made some odd choices now he's having a a bit of a renaissance with westworld Mm -hmm. um, because everybody keeps saying he's so great on that show that i quit watching because it pissed me off um but he's been great for a very very long time um so i think he needs to be discussed yeah. yeah um well silence of the lambs is always going to be the one that you go to first uh are there others that we really hold in high regard maybe maybe remains of the day or mm-hmm. um what was he in howard's end he howard's end yeah. he was in nixon i thought he was very good in nixon but too bad nixon wasn't very good yeah the movie uh, or the president yeah yeah um i don't know nick he was good as nixon though mm-hmm. he was i mean he didn't do a big huge like uh, in impersonation right. but he got like there were, i went to see nixon because he kept getting nominated for like every season he was nominated now and i hadn't seen a bunch of the merchant ivory stuff at the time but that's the only reason i went to see so i know he had a stretch run there where he was much acclaimed yeah um uh, oh yeah the lion in winter was another one mm. that he was in but uh yeah hopkins uh, nominated four times in his career uh, Silence of the Lambs, where he won, and then Remains of the Day, Nixon, and Amistad were the mm-hmm. other nominations and everything. Hopkins has a problem where he just he had a huge like body of work up until Silence of the Lambs, and that's what it's like a late bloomer type of thing. Yeah, uh, he was in the Elephant Man as well. Wow. Um, but uh, but yeah, he was in all he was in all ton of stuff, and then Silence of the Lambs sort of took off his made his career take off. And he has been in a lot of shit. Sure, uh, that's mean, the like, other problem. That's the mm-hmm. problem is like he's, he, you know, he he definitely is one of those guys that like doesn't mind taking something for the money or whatever. Right. You know, he's in everything. Man. He's <laughs> well, and he's retired and unretired a bunch of times. Um, he's in a straight to on demand movie called Misconduct with mm-hmm. Timothy Oliphant and Al Pacino. Really? Uh, wow. That just came out a few years ago. Man, not the, very good it's horrible uh, I, like I watched every second of it though uh, i like all those people <laughs> but uh imdb he's been a part of 132 different productions those are, not, those are not our own movies but uh still that's a lot of wow it is. He's, it, it's 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 gotten to the point where i've forgotten if he's in a movie or not sometimes right he's he's always playing like like you know in noah he's like he's like uh god he's well, he's he's not methuselah is he he's methuselah oh, he's yeah, methuselah yeah, yeah. yeah. He's Methuselah and Noah, and he's always playing these kind of like weird, like used to be powerful. Yeah, like the know, king and Thor. King and Thor. Yeah. Uh, you I guess know, that's Odin. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the king and Thor. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, uh, it's not Thor. I think it's a, it's a fair way to describe great it. Great Odin's yeah. Raven. So there's Thor and not Thor. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's an issue for him. But obviously, somebody you got to talk about because he 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 has left a mark on you know as far as pop culture. Yeah, yeah, Raven. I agree. I got a dark horse for you. Ooh, okay, that has a strong case. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman is great. Yeah. Um, again, he's going to be up there with. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis in terms of the, his winning percentage, his mm-hmm. OBP, the number of times out that he's awesome, right? It's a, a kind of amazing that Commissioner Gordon is maybe the most subdued character yeah. that Gary Oldman's ever played, mm-hmm. uh, and he's great in those movies, but that's the most regular guy you're ever going to see him. Yeah. Uh, Gary Oldman, uh, My I, I don't know if it was my first performance I ever saw him in, but True Romance mm-hmm. was one of the first that I'd ever saw him in. And he, he I didn't even, I mean, I, didn't, I, I think I had seen The Professional. Well, I may have seen The Professional before that, whatever. I probably saw some Gary Oldman before, before this movie, but I didn't really, I mean, he's so different in that. <laughs> he's so funny in that. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, the professional, he's just outstanding in that movie. He's frightening. Yeah, he's absolutely frightening. And then you got Sirius Black. You've got Sid and Nancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the guy just, I, I thought he was one of the best parts of The Fifth Element, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he went through this stretch of, like, these villains with different accents, like Air Force One and then The Fifth Element and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, the professional. I, I I love almost everything he's done. Like, it's yeah. just so good. Yeah, he really is. And, um I'm surprised that I didn't even think of him to put on the list because mm. he's just he's like Philip Seymour Hoffman. He just I don't think he ever turned in a bad performance, mm-hmm. even if the movie turned out not so great. Yeah, he, he definitely has that kind of that quirky. It's almost Brando-esque, I guess. And yeah. like just doesn't he doesn't care, man. He's ready to he's when well, he cares, but he's he just goes for something. Yeah. Well, and, have you seen him as Churchill? Yeah, oh, that looks trailer so looks good. amazing. Oh, my God. And Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy was mm-hmm. ter- terrific. So I, I think he's got like a sneaky good case. Well, and he's one of those chameleons that, mm-hmm. you know, you can watch, especially something like True Romance. You don't even realize you're looking at Gary Oldman yeah. if, if, you, if you haven't read the cast list or what have you because he's just unrecognizable. In that mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I mean, uh, he's he's definitely somebody we should consider. I just I don't know if he's ever been that kind of guy, the leading man kind of guy that has you know, has that we all, I mean, you know, you brought up somebody that we both like didn't even think of yeah. there. Um, so <laughs> who else? I threw out James Earl Jones. I'm start, I feel like I'm starting to get to the names on my list that I don't think have as good a shot of winning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And James Earl Jones has the same issue as a lot of character actors. Um, obviously he's been in a lot of great movies. But he's not like the main. Never been a, he was, I guess, a leading guy a couple, a few times, but not. Yeah, he's not always much. Field of Dreams, obviously Darth Vader and all that stuff, and sneakers. Um, another one that has a lot of great supporting performances, but he's, he's got some good leading performances. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, that's another. Ooh, well, see then. I, but th- this is another guy who's filled his career with so much garbage. Yeah, but Ordell, Robin, you got uh, really though. You you Jules, look at his Tarantino. Take his Tarantino away. You got the Spike Lee stuff. Yeah. Take away Tarantino and Spike Lee stuff. <laughs> and you get Formula 51 <laughs> over and over and I over. Did, I did watch Lakeview Terrace the other day, and that's a really watchable movie. Is it? Yeah. It's he's fun. the menacing cop neighbor. Yeah. Right? yeah. Lakeview Terrace is one of those type of movies, isn't it? <laughs> well, yes. and I think he could be up. I mean, he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. But uh, he almost might have a better shot in the movie star discussion than the, the straight up acting one because, you know, we get something like uh, Django. Mm-hmm. Where he's just outstanding, 
and then it'll be Formula Fifty One or what have you, and he'll do a, b- a bunch of that stuff. Yeah. And so it's, it's again, I don't think he cares. Well, I think another, he's happy to do what. It's another guy that you know. Uh, People saw Pulp Fiction and said, you know what? I like that when you shout. Stop. <laughs> Time you shout more. You know, so. Only Tarantino was smart enough after that to have him yeah. dialed down in the next yeah. role. Yeah. yeah. And he's completely different in all those Tarantino movies. Yeah. He's terrific in Hateful Eight. Yeah. Um, there, another one, Peter O'Toole. There's another, yeah. uh, he was nominated eight times in his career. Jesus. Never won. Never oh, won. Poor bastard. But the thing about Peter O'Toole I was running across was that he's been in a lot of movies that... He may have been nominated for, but we don't talk about him today. The only ones that you really talk about, like you hear still, are like Lawrence of Arabia and Goodbye, Mr. Chips, and Phantoms, of course. Mm-hmm. He was in King Phantom. Ralph. King Ralph, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it, it's another guy that uh, you know. I, I immediately thought of him as great actor, but then you look at his his career; it's like some of these things we don't really talk about anymore. But he's fantastic, in Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, uh, another uh, one you had on your list uh, that I want to throw out is Paul Newman. Yes, um, because that is a guy you you can go way back to the Hustler mm-hmm. or Bonnie and Clyde or what's the one he does with what's the famous one when the him and Redford are really young and they're Butch Cassidy and the yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But then you go all the way into his old age and something like Nobody's Fool or mm-hmm. even Color of Money a decade before that. And mm-hmm. he, he's just great in all phases of his life. Uh, and an iconic guy, and I don't think this should count for putting him on Mount Rushmore, but the the way he went about using his fame and his money to set up the Newman's own brand that donates every single piece of profit to various charities uh, to this day, I think is very commendable. I tell you mm-hmm. what, man, I think Newman has a better shot than a lot of the people we've mentioned. I agree. Nine nominations. Wow. One win and just constantly an amazing movie star. What did he win for? He won for The Color of Money of all oh. movies. He's good in that. He is good. He's but good in that. Man, he's so much better in like Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Mm-hmm. And, the uh, verdict. The verdict. He's, oh, he's so oh, good Jesus. in the verdict. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Cool Hand Luke, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sting, which he didn't even get nominated for. Oh yeah. Uh, and Butch Cassidy, which he didn't even get nominated for. Uh, Newman sort of transcended all the eras that he was in. There were still I knew girls my age who loved Paul Newman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was doing Nobody's Fool and stuff like that. And that was like when I was 16, 17 years old. So. Um, Paul Newman has a really good shot. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, he's so good, and and even relevant, like because he's in the Cars movie. Uh, yeah, the first one. Well, I guess he's in the third one posthumously somehow. Right. Um, but even that, even that generation has probably some association with him, and mm-hmm. you may hopefully go back and look up some of his older work. Because yeah, that's good. crazy from the fifties up until the, the know, just recently. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's crazy. What do we think of Will Smith? Well, I don't think he's a good enough actor yet. You know well, he's never going to be at this point. The movie star the thing, he's probably a possible shoe in um, And he has done things where he shows great acting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's massive talent there. Um, it just... His, something about his choices, especially the last 10 years or so... Well, he's kind of like Cruz, right? Where Will Smith is Will Smith for the most part. Yeah. Uh, then when he started getting serious, it was way too serious. Yeah, that's true. He didn't have like, it's a... like he was searching for <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, it was like I am legend and seven pounds and concussion and 
And uh, even Pursuit Ali, I guess Ali was that that tipping point. He's right? still great in Ali, though. He yeah, is. Pursuit of Happiness, I think, is at least a little bit of a balance. Yeah. in that. Um, but like all these other ones, man, it looks he's. I mean, he instantly just is. He's he's so depressing. <laughs> if I'm gonna do serious, I'm gonna go After away. Earth. Oh my God, he's impossible to <laughs> well, watch in After Earth. <laughs> what did he do in the middle of all that? That was the only big hit. Hitch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Going back to his roots of charming. I didn't see that focus movie that came out. That Apparently he's better. I mean, that's less dour. It is less dour. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just that everything that movie has up its sleeve you've seen before. Mm-hmm. That's the only knock I have on it. Um, it was an enjoyable enough watch. But mm-hmm. he's great all the way back to Six Degrees of Separation, uh, Where the Day Takes You. I brought that movie up before where he's in a wheelchair in that movie. Uh, there's talent there. I just don't think he brings it every time. And mm. I don't know why. Again, I think he's lost. I think he's searching for something to take him to another level as an actor or respected actor or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. I just watched the end of uh, the, the last half of Hancock the other day. Mm-hmm. I watched the first half of Hancock the other day. Man, boy, you watched the better half. I know. <laughs> I, I stopped <laughs> watching. Together, together you watched the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. That movie so falls apart. Fuck that, man. Well, that's the, the thing. Of- that's what I always argued about Hancock is. You don't want him to get better. You want him to be that be- that terrible superhero. Mm-hmm. So the arc of him becoming better actually turns it into a different. It just turns it into a basic superhero. Yeah, movie. and he's still trying to be a dick to Charlize Theron like later on mm-hmm. in the in the movie. But like it doesn't. It, we know that you're going to have like a redemptive arc. So mm-hmm. just cut that shit out. Yeah. Oh. Oh, the effects in that, everything is awful. Um, yeah. We mentioned Newman. How about Redford? Yeah, I think he's got to be mentioned. Um, I'm not sure he has quite the depth. I don't think he does. I know that, I mean, just a huge career, though. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, he's he's never been much. For, he's, I think he's been nominated more for a director than an actor. Probably. Uh, in fact, yeah, he's been nominated once for The Sting for his acting. Really? I don't even think he's very good in that movie. And, uh, he's not bad. Yeah. But, so yeah. there's so many people in well, that movie who are better. Redford's Redford. Redford is almost always Robert Redford. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's hardly ever any time he's not Redford. No, I agree. Um, he was direct. He he's nominated as director twice. Ordinary. Pe- he won for Ordinary People, and he got nominated for Quiz Show. Uh, I'm really surprised he didn't get nominated for Up Close and Personal with Michelle Pfeiffer. Absolutely. <laughs> that was such an outstanding movie. Um. But uh, I did want to mention Redford. Sidney Poitier. Yep. Ah, yes. Got to be mentioned him. Yeah. Those are some grand slams there. Yeah. Sidney Poitier. Oh, man. I feel like this guy, he definitely was done wrong in the uh, Oscar category because yep. he wasn't even nominated for some of the movies that he's known for. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, I don't think he was nominated for, like, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Oh, really? He uh, he was nominated twice in his career. Sidney Poitier. That's crazy. Um, uh, he, he nominated, he was nominated for the defiant ones and he won for lilies of the field. Right. Wow. Uh, he did not get nominated for guess who's coming to dinner in the heat of the night yeah. That's insane. where he's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, obviously the, the big snub was sneakers, mm-hmm. uh, didn't get nominated <laughs> for that. Uh, but, uh, there's, uh, there's, there's not a, there's not an actor who got, who, I, I don't know if he if if there was a guy who was more excellent and was less praised by the by Hollywood than than Poitier. Yeah. I mean, they might have been all doing it in secret. Who knows? 
They just oh, didn't want to. I think Meryl Streep is close. Because they never praise her. No, yeah, they true. don't. <laughs> I mean, one, one day she'll get nominated for He's something. still alive, right? Yeah. Uh, he's got so much gravitas, you know? Like, Man is 90. Second wow. time we've used that word in this podcast, so I'm really? going gonna, gonna to do a gravitas cap right there. <laughs> so we can't do it anymore. <laughs> I mean, he like he just anchors. I, I just love these actors that can just hold your attention just by being there, you know? Anthony well, Hopkins is one, too. And there's something... I clearly watched Sneakers too many times, mm-hmm. but there's something physical about his performance. The way he carries himself... It feels like the the way a former CIA guy would carry himself. I don't know what I don't know if I'm describing no, that right, but it's posture, the way he moves, um, his, his his measured pauses, and I love that part when he and his wife want to go to Europe. I might yeah. I have never been to Europe. <laughs> oh, and Tahiti, and yeah. James Earl Jones is like Tahiti is not in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> and the River Phoenix comes in, right? Yeah. He's like, hey, you know, the until thing- the, until then, this man goes <laughs> to Tahiti. It's the geography lesson. Uh, this man yeah. <laughs> the thing that it might be against Poitier, and he might have just been fed up with a bunch of shit, was that 1977, a piece of the action, was his last movie until 1988. He had eleven really? years off. Eleven years off. Now I don't know the story behind that. Huh. But uh, he had a long period of time there where he decided, I've had enough, I guess. And um, really, the only notable one after that is Sneakers, yeah. I think. I don't know if there's, it may be a couple that I'm forgetting. But uh, he was in, you know, he's in the Jackal. Who cares about that? <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, um, one of those that just has a strong body of work in the six, 50s and 60s and 70s. And then sort of dips, disappears. Mm-hmm. I'll throw out one that's probably like towards the the bottom of the barrel of what we would consider maybe winning. Harrison Ford. Oh. Yeah. Well, again, you have to respect the man's track record in opening films, mm-hmm. like, just like we did with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's probably a better actor, although he does. I mean, especially those Clancy and Air Force One that in that era, he, they all bleed together for me. His yep. characters, they're all very similar, but he's shown plenty of range throughout his career. Um, and you know, there's, there's something iconic about his early Indiana Jones mm-hmm. and Han Solo. Give me a fucking break. right. All because you were Lucas's carpenter. Give yeah. me a break. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Blade Runner, his performance is much more intense than I remember it being, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? And then you have stuff like the fugitive. Like he, he does have a lot Witness. more range. Yeah. Witnesses Witness, uh, uh, regarding his, Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, regarding Henry he's great. He should have been nominated for that. He he's only been, been nominated one time for, Witness. uh, uh I thought maybe it was 42. Uh, he was, well, you know what? That was a movie that I was surprised he didn't get nominated for. Yeah. Like, a was, prestige nomination? Yeah. Uh, I was surprised he wasn't nominated for Hollywood Homicide. Right. <laughs> he Well, he and Josh Hartnett when it comes down to I'm it. telling you, they're both good. But they're just awesome in that Yeah. Movie. Well, I mean, that, that's one of, one of the only ones, though, where you can just see a paycheck. Because uh, normally he does solid stuff outside of kingdom of the crystal skull but i think that was just you know the band getting back together yeah it was with aliens yeah i'm bitter about that <laughs> still <laughs> but i think he should be considered i saw uh, a headline I think he would be up there on the movie star i list. saw a headline the other day that said uh, indiana jones 5 will not include shia labeouf and i was like really <laughs> <laughs> you had to announce that yeah i mean wonder why right uh, um, will it will it include pink monkeys swinging on vines <laughs> oh my god <laughs> is there terrible. anybody we're missing robin um, williams yes. maybe <laughs> robin williams he has a lot more of a varied career than you would think robin of Williams with... is another another one that's got a lot of huge hits on his resume and he's also had varied career mm-hmm. he's a uh, and it's a you know i don't know 
I don't know if we consider him great in every in anything really. Goodwill Hunting is he's very good in. Yep. I don't know if I would consider him great. Like, well, and it's funny he got a lot of praise for that, and he was really good in it. But most of his work in that movie is one liners and then the hug. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I think Matt Damon's doing a lot more of the heavy lifting uh, in their scenes together. Uh, but yeah, he's been great too many times not to. I mean, even in Dead Poet Society, yep. even, even when he, I liked his little dark turn there where he did like one hour photo, yeah, yeah, <laughs> insomnia, insomnia. But he did that one where he's. Uh, it's set in the future, and he's re- reading people's memories from their eyeball oh, implant, and oh. he has to cut it down to their for their funeral. Final cut. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Cut. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if he's got enough heft to make it. Yeah. Um, you got people like Ben Kingsley. Um, oh, yeah. Or, like, Alan Rickman, you know, Peter Sellers. I mean, there's a uh, lot of stuff that we could throw out. Peter there. Sellers, Olivia. good God. I, and I had Lawrence Olivier written down. Uh, Olivier nominated ten times. That's the biggest number you've said today. I think. Um, no, uh, Nicholson twelve. Oh, but, that's right. Uh, but Olivier ten times. He won for Hamlet. Oh. Olivier, of course, made his career doing Shakespeare adaptations. Mm-hmm. He's obviously been into some other stuff. Uh, he was in Rebecca Hitchcock a movie. That's great. Um, he was in Wuthering Heights and a movie called The Entertainer, which I don't know that Sleuth, which was him and Michael Caine. They remade. That's it a later. great one. They remade it. Remade it later with Michael Caine and Jude Law. Um, Can we stop doing Hamlet? Yeah, I think I we're wish. done with Hamlet, right? You got Lawrence Olivier, you've got Mel Gibson, Branna. Uh, you got Kenneth Branna, and then you got the the 2000 Ethan Hawke. Yeah, Hawk the version. Ethan Hawke one. We've we've seen it enough. Like, yeah. we've seen it done excellently enough. Like we can move on from him. I thought you meant like entirely, not just in film. Like ban it from the stage, no. ban it from any it kind of adaptation. It should totally be on the stage. But like I don't I don't need to see another movie version of it. I've got the long form version that's excellent in Brana's version. I've got kind of the short neo steampunk version of it with uh, Mel Gibson, mm. and then you got the classic Lawrence Olivier. So yeah, I think uh, we're I think we're good. Well, and, and then Brana tried to sort of repeat what Lawrence Olivier did sure. like almost yeah. everything that he came out with was what stuff Olivier had come out with um I don't know Olivier I don't know if I, I saw him in enough varied stuff like yeah Shakespeare in itself is going to be varied but it sounds like he probably was doing those plays since he was like you know 15 yeah. and then he got into the <laughs> movies and suddenly like oh look how great of an actor he is <laughs> he knows everything about those stories yeah. I mean yeah I mean he's still good yeah but there's not very many of those i can't like point to a a touch of evil for lawrence of olivia mm-hmm. lawrence of olivia yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right we want to start locking in some I think we a need couple to. of names yeah I, I'd, I'd like to i'm just trying to think if there's any others that we've we're, we're nearing i feel we're nearing a slippery slope where we're gonna we're, well i don't want to name just anybody i'm just thinking is there anybody I mean, gene hackman i guess could be could gene be hackman mentioned. yeah and i was thinking about gene hackman he's another great actor and devolves the same way yep. um that those guys like hackman has almost all just gene hackman's gene yep. hackman roles there is uh, obviously the conversation i talked about earlier which was i think his best and most varied of all of the ones that mm-hmm. he did. most of the time he's just kind of a he's he's the guy we love coming in to shout at people we love we love gene hackman doing that duval Duval is just always a, sort of like a good old country boy yep. in his movies. Even in Godfather, he yep. kind of, you know, he's, he's that outcast, really, even though he's the conciliary. Um, but uh, Duval doesn't have, I don't know if a, tr- he was great in The Apostle, though. Mm-hmm. 
That was a sort of a, well, I mean that he's kind of, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of his, his lane. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's start putting some people up there. All right. So, um, you want to start with Jack? That was your first, your first one. Um, what do you think about Jeremy? What do you think about Jack Nicholson? Definitely being on there. That's another movie star. Definitely. Um, I think I'm all right with it. You're all right with it? Because his career is so vast and he's, He's been great for what four or five decades. He's got a great track record in terms of like opening a film. Mm-hmm. His name could bring people add to the audience. I don't know. I'm all right with it. I don't know. Now we might have to play like a little bit of a shell game. Or we may, a, yeah. Uh, you know, if we put somebody up, we might be able to kick them off. All right, all right, all right. Because so we'll, if we get to four, and then we still haven't considered a couple of others that I think should be up there, mm-hmm. then let's vote and see if we need to take them down. All right. So for the time being, let's put Jack in Washington's spot. I don't it, care who goes have a where. nice would have a nice like profile. Mm-hmm. That's a, you know that's good. Uh, can we consider Brando as as a lock too? I mean, <sighs> you can. I would end up voting for Cary Grant or Jimmy Stewart before Brando. Really. Because um, I don't, I don't think they're they, they, they. We're talking about the range thing again. I think Cary Grant was the original movie star. I think he was the George Clooney, obviously, of his day. Uh, but you just don't see he's terrific in his stuff, just like Clooney is. But you just don't see like, yeah, you know, the, the 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 nuance. That's like a decent argument. I think part of the problem is that I've seen five times as many Jimmy Stewart and Cary Grant movies as I have of like brando's old stuff like i've oh. never seen on the waterfront oh, okay um i i i like him in the godfather but it doesn't seem like he's working very hard in that movie mm-hmm. um and so most of my association with brando is all this late career stuff like we were talking about island of dr moreau <laughs> well, and and yeah brando is is it's a thing that's a, so what's so hard about him is that the early stuff that he's in is very good yep and but it's 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 here and it's there and it's you know it's occasionally and like even his renaissance was in the 70s like he had had the in the 50s was his big was his big uh you know coming out party the 60s i think he fell off again i guess guys and dolls was was that in the 60s i don't remember yeah i think that was right but, on the cusp but the 60s he, he had a notable fall off and then he came back in the 70s mm-hmm. with godfather and last tango and all that but then he, you, after you mentioned Godfather and Last Tango, you have Apocalypse Now, mm-hmm. and after that, the freshman, the freshman, <laughs> he's playing Godfather again. Well, here's the argument I'll make because if I think if we're gonna, let's just for the sake of this comment, assume that all of us think um, the guy in Giant and East of Eden, oh uh, James, James Dean, Dean. Mm-hmm. let's just assume all of us think he was a great actor. Well, mm-hmm. he only made like five movies, mm-hmm. um, and so Brando maybe. The most talented actor ever, but he's only made like five movies that show that or three or four. Whereas my argument to counter you is, is Daniel Day-Lewis, who went right up until retirement being great. And All right. When he decided to retire, unlike a De Niro or, a, a you know, Pacino, just keep, he keep making like they're going to pay me millions to play this role enough to try. Anyway. He never did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I would probably give my. My next vote to Day Lewis before I'll give it to Brando. All right, you want to lock in Daniel Day Lewis? I think that I'm not. I'm not permanently nixing Brando. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean Day Lewis definitely deserves to be up there. If you're talking about actors and their wide range yeah. and variants and all this other type of stuff, um, 
It would have been nice to see Daniel Day-Lewis do a comedy here and there, though. Yeah. Imagine yeah. the method acting in a comedy. I, yeah. bet he'd be, I bet he'd be great. He would be awesome. <laughs> I bet he'd be great. Um, yeah. So, obviously, we could slot him in in the Lincoln spot. Uh, yeah. Makes the most obviously. sense. Right? Yeah. Uh, by the way, the last episode, I said Steven Spielberg should go in the Lincoln spot because he Think has of his a beard. beard. Yeah. <laughs> Not thinking that he fucking made fucking Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know that uh, uh, we, we were all ashamed. Um, uh, all right, so who's who's the next one? So so three there for now. And then we got to think about De Niro. Uh huh. So De Niro, um, man, De Niro is also like Brando. Yep, it's almost exactly like it. Um, early work is untouchable (laughs) um and uh and then after that falls off a cliff like jackie brown after jackie brown it's just Mm -hmm. it's you know rocky and bullwinkle it's uh, you know it's these type of movies and even stuff that were hits like meet the parents and all that terrible movies still made three of them yeah still made three of them analyze analyze this this. and analyze that those are and yeah he has sort of renaissance with david o russell there but Mm -hmm. He's not doing anything special. I think He's Pacino not. has a better case than De Niro. He might. I mean, Pacino was was more consistent mm-hmm. longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but consistent over the seventies. Pretty consistent in the eighties when he had yeah. uh, that was Serpico and and no uh, Serpico was still in the seventies. It was uh, Carlito's Way was in the eighties, right? Nineties. That was so, 90s, so Pacino guess- had a dip in the eighties and then came back in the nineties mm-hmm. with Carlito's Way and Heat. And Cinnamon Woman, obviously, mm-hmm. and Glenn Gary and Glenn Ross. The 90s were when Pacino came back. In the 80s, he did stuff like See You Love. Mm-hmm. So Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy. <laughs> Tracy. 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 Um, so another guy that sort of, he saw a lot like Brando, too, in the fact that he had the amazing highs of the 70s. Then he dipped down in another decade and came back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And then after the 90s, he's got three, like, things that you mentioned that are not feature movies i think that's part of the problem for my for me with both of those those guys and this is really unfair but they're almost they're almost canceling each other out because i feel like if one goes in they kind of both need to go why in. don't we put both of them up there <laughs> that's five DeCino. heads barrett you can't have five heads it's dacino we'll do like a half of DeCino. a face yes yeah, this is a straw man argument. <laughs> this is what we call a straw man. Um, uh, anyway, I would put Paul Newman over both of these. I ones. would too. That's a good call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just so perfect for for that long uh, movie star, great face for R- Mount Rushmore. Newman's in, and and well, and Newman was great all the time, and all the way up into his last nomination, Road to Perdition. He's, he's awesome in that. Outstanding in that. Oh my he god! He never fell off. That is that is. I think that's prime. He's got to be up there. Yeah, I agree. I also think um, James Bond is great in that. Um, Daniel Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Ah, yeah. In Road to Perdition, because mm-hmm. I'm used to I'm used to seeing him as James Bond mostly lately, and then that one comes on the other day, and I'm watching. I'm like, he's actually acting in this. He's doing a really good job. That's why I need to see Logan Lucky because I'm pretty sure he's completely different. That's what that. I heard. I've heard he's great. Um, so I'd like to see that at some point. All right, so we've got with Brando up in a temporary slot. We've got four faces up there. Any argument uh, for somebody like Denzel to oh, displace uh, Brando? Another guy consistently excellent. Yeah, I mean, I would entertain Denzel or even Tom Cruise. Mm. Over Brando? Maybe not over Brando. 
Denzel's as good an actor as Brando. Who would we kick out? Well, Brando's the only one I'm, I'm wanting to kick out right now. Okay. Like I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good personally with Daniel Day Lewis and Jack Nicholson and Paul Newman. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty good with those three. Mm-hmm. So the only debate in my mind is the fourth slot. Now we may end up finding that you guys want to bump somebody out to make room. I think those three are, are pretty solid locks. I mean, you are right about Brando, where he really kind of does after Guys and Dolls, which was. Guys and Dolls was 1955. Oh wow! wow. Um, so yeah, really after the uh, the Wild One, he did Julius. He was Mark Anthony and Julius mm-hmm. Caesar, uh, which was great. I did see that. Uh, it went Streetcar Named Desire, then it went Julius Caesar, the Wild One on the waterfront, Guys and Dolls, all in the 50s. And then yeah, he did really. I hate to even say that because I love me some uh, Marlon Brando, but he really did go in the tank until. From what I understand, until The Godfather. Yeah, the Godfather was his appears. comeback. Um, because he I, it was a thing is that Brando, you know, he was obviously like this beautiful man in street streetcar mm-hmm. named Desire, and I think he started to get to you know blown up Brando uh, in the sixties. Yeah, and he must he, have. Yeah, and he wasn't the same marketable star that he was mm-hmm. until the seventies. They found oh he can do these roles right. or whatever, but. I think Brando has to be kicked out for Denzel on this. I would I would not disagree with you. I think Denzel's been great for longer, doesn't have the dips, doesn't mm-hmm. have the disappearance, doesn't have the goofy wacky shit at the end of his career. Right. Yeah. And even even when Denzel does like a a bad movie, he's he's good in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's ever been a time where I've left a Denzel movie going, Boy, Denzel, he was really phoning that well, in. Well that's the yeah. thing in uh the Equalizer, which is otherwise known as Man on Fire 2, right. um, which they're making a sequel to The Equalizer, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's still really engaging in that. Mm-hmm. He's still really, I mean, there's nothing new in the premise of that story whatsoever, but I was engaged all the way through it because it was Denzel. Mm-hmm. That says a lot, I think. The yeah. Taking of Pelham 123 remake. Yeah. Agreed, really because, because Travolta threatens to derail that entire production, <laughs> and Denzel's just sitting there going, <laughs> I will like save that. this fucking shit. <laughs> and going toe-to-toe with Gene Hackman and Crimson Tide. Uh-huh. And of course, Mal- like I said, Malcolm X is his best. Yep. I, that'll be the best you'll ever be. Philadelphia is always going to be underrated. Um, I mean, Denzel isn't always coming out with just great, great, great stuff, but man, he's always good. Yep. Yep. Um, so I'd, I'd kick Brando off for what Denzel. Right All now. right. Kind of, uh, against the conventional wisdom, but yeah, I mean, that's, he's got a better case. Brando has got a better that's case. The thing, a lot of these guys who just really just, you can't, you can't look at individual performances with Brando, De Niro, and Pacino and say that Denzel or anybody is better than those guys. We could do three faces and make a Brandachino. We could. We could. Brandachino. Stick it up huh? there like a Hydra. That's right. Um, but uh, again, straw man. Um, but uh, so, uh, so then the question becomes, what about Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart? Mm-hmm. Do they kick anybody off of this? I mean, I would take Paul Newman over either of those two, even though I love him. Uh, I would definitely take um, Daniel Day-Lewis just for his his you know variety. And I would take Jack Nicholson over both of them. Um, so I guess it's it's a Denzel versus, to me, it's a Denzel versus those two. Man, it's uh, it's hard to take any of those guys away from this, disco- I mean, away from this. But the only thing that may just uh, 
detract from Grant and Stewart was that they were consistently the same person almost every movie. Now, I don't haven't watched every single Cary Grant, Jimmy Stewart movie. How dare you? I know. <laughs> but um, that there's never been a time where I looked at a Cary Grant movie and went, he's just really doing something different here. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I've seen that in Denzel, even though most of the time he's kind of the same too. And same thing with Jack Nicholson, who's up here. Yep. Uh, there's at least some variance in these guys' careers, whereas I don't know if Grant and Stewart can say that. Well, we're going to piss a lot of people off no matter what we do. Somebody's going to be out there after this episode saying, you didn't even talk about Errol Flynn. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, you know, we're not necessarily judging the same way we did the bracket thing where we're, like, considering somebody's impact on the industry super lot. We're we're trying to pick who the three of us think are the best four actors of all time. Mm-hmm. I think the ones we got up there right now are good. All right. So we've got Nicholson in Washington's Place. We've got Daniel Day-Lewis in uh, Lincoln's Place. Paul Newman I see in the, uh, uh, let's put him in Jefferson's Place. And then we got Denzel Washington in uh, Roosevelt's Place. Okay. I think that's a pretty fucking good No, Mount it's Rushmore solid. No, and look, it's solid. And I know that if, if this were... You know, if you if you put a if you like made the American public do this, who would they put in? They would probably put De Niro and Pacino in. Mm-hmm. They might even put Brando, put Brando, Pacino, and De Niro all in there, mm-hmm. all the Godfather guys, and then who else after that? Dylan O'Brien. Dylan O'Brien <laughs> from the Maze Runner. That's right. Uh, Michael Keaton. <laughs> I don't know. He keeps going the way he has the last few years. He might get there. That's yeah. true. That's true. But, uh, I mean, that's a list you can't really, you can't beat that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's, again, there are actors that we are leaving off. Individual performances may have been better than any of these guys. Mm-hmm. At, except for Daniel Day. Daniel Day is uh, hard He's, to beat. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the guys that we have on there, I don't know. I mean, you could say De Niro and Pacino have done performances that are better than any of these guys. But. Mm-hmm. They did it for a few movies, and yeah. then it was, and then they sort of went off deep end. Yeah, so, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with no, it too. No, I think it's a good one. I think it's a good Rushmore. All right, if you have photoshopping skills, feel free to send us a uh, Photoshop version of this Mount wait, Rushmore. Wait, okay, then who's going to be the hands rubbing somebody's shoulders? I guess De Niro and Pacino can be doing that. We'll have De Niro, Pacino, Jimmy Stewart, and uh, Cary and Cary Grant all rubbing all each other's shoulders. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And Marlon Brando's like he's he's sipping tea, sipping tea down in front. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Guys, we're it's, it's time to talk about Nature Box again. Again, it's not like we hate doing it already. No, we no, don't. We, we almost don't. look forward to it. Mm-hmm. What's the latest? Anything new that you guys have tried? Yep, probiotic power mix. Oh, that sounds like a lot of peas. What? This is man, it's like the best trail mix that you can think of, but like good for you, and not like with a bunch of you know candy in there and stuff like that. It's like a bunch of like natural stuff, nuts and berries and legumes and things like that. Ooh. So good. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'll it's probiotic for all you people I got that need some probiotics. Kind of, I'm going to butcher the name, but I got some kind of fruit and nut mix mm. um, that I was really jamming on. That was the one I tried in this most recent package. And I, I'm generally, if you're going to put some raisins and cranberries and some nuts together <laughs> and mm-hmm, it's a little salty, I'm generally not going to complain. Uh, but it was really, really good. It, so, so much so that I told my wife one evening that she should try it. And the next evening she went to try it and it was gone. Oh, oh, was it the sweet wow. and simple berry nut mix? Yes, the nice. sweet and simple berry nut mix. Yeah. And it's delicioso, and the wife didn't get any. That is a, a, a constant theme with your stories really in Nature is. Box, isn't it? <laughs> like, we both it's, the struggle them. Was real. It's either, it's either that you have separated your snacks. Yes. 
or or somebody has gotten into the snacks that shouldn't have yes and they have downed the entire snack i'm gonna tell you something i think most people know that i like to have a little wine now and then mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh i struggle to find snacks that go well with wine mm-hmm. uh, but i found several with nature box including this nut and berry mix uh, my wife doesn't she doesn't imbibe very often mm-hmm. at all. But if she has a cocktail or a glass of wine, look out salty snacks. No, because, really. Because <laughs> like, she just gets the taste. And she'll, like, even if she doesn't have anything, it's a very common sight for her to kind of come around the corner into my doorway of my office holding up one of my snacks <laughs> with this face that's like, do you mind if I eat this? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there's, there's this weird dichotomy where we separate and hoard them, but then we also share them because we, man, we love each other. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I'm still playing the hits. I... I <laughs> I, I I like I like what I like, you yeah. know, and and you gotta and, ride the horse that brung you. Yeah, exactly. So you know, if you want to give me some some key lime wafers and stuff like that, <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be smoking those down, man. <laughs> can you smoke those? I think you can. All right. I thought I thought you only snorted those. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> if, you, if you if you like chop them up and then tur- put them into a little dust, you can smoke it. I ordered two bags of these whole wheat chocolate animal cookies mm-hmm. for my kid. Yeah. Oh man. And I was like, I'm going to leave out a few for like his little snack, like breakfast and stuff like that. Ended up eating almost the rest of the entire bag. Wow. Makes you feel like a kid, but it's not bad for you. You know, when uh, I think I might have to try that because mm-hmm. there's already a natural kind of sweetness to wheat anyway. Yep. And that sounds like exactly the kind of snack where oh, wheat would good. work well. It's really we'll good. have to try that. I got a little mileage on Twitter with the empty boxes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I had a little back and forth with Nature Box about how they should be marketing their product as, you know, cat traps when all the yeah. snacks are gone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and so that was fun, too. But, uh, yeah, Nature Box, you guys should try it. Go to naturebox.com slash syncast. Yep. And you'll get, what, 50% off your first order. Exactly. I mean, that's what I hear. Yep. All right. And if you order like me, that's significant. Yeah. Because I order 20 <laughs> snacks at a time. Yeah. Um, what else do we need to say? It's so easy. It comes right to your door. You pick exactly what you want. You don't pick what you don't want. You send back what you don't want. They'll replace it for free. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how you look at me. You're the one that coordinates all this. It's so much easier than with your typical snack of like having to go somewhere, pick something up, like pick it out and all that stuff. It's probably going to be bad for you. This is right to your door, healthy and very, very cost reasonable. Yeah. So go to naturebox.com slash syncast, enter the promo code SINS, easy to pay, Easy to get, and you're going to love it. Yeah. You guys want to do some questions? Yeah, let's do some questions. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. All right. I love the way this question is worded. If dolphins were taking over the world and enslaving humanity, you and two other movie characters have to fight them off. Who do you choose? And one character has to be from a comedy. The other from a sci-fi movie. Mm. I'm going to go last because my answer is balls crazy. (laughs) Well, at first when I was thinking about this, I was like, if I were able to create my own shit... Yeah. Th- then I would I would I'd be like Skynet would like make me a T1500 that can <laughs> that's like aquatic vehicle or whatever. Wow. You know whatever. But we're doing movie characters, actual mm-hmm. movie characters here. In a comedy, I would put Bill Murray from Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. Nice. Cuz he's going to show this bitch how we do things downtown. <laughs> the dolphins are the, the dolphins bitches. Dolphins are the bitches. <laughs> And and Sigourney Weaver from Aliens. Oh, nice. Because get away from her, you bitch. Nice. That's a good one. And you would reteam Murray and Weaver from Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. And uh, you would get to have their banter back and forth. I thought they were terrific in Ghostbusters. Yeah. 
this would be a great team to slaughter the dolphins. I, I like it. <laughs> By the way, the dolphins. That's right. As my as my as my joke answer, I had Akiva Schaefer from the Lonely Island uh-huh. from uh, I'm on a boat <laughs> is, uh, because he was like, I'm riding dolphins, doing flips and shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this ain't Sea World. This is real as it gets. I'm on a boat, motherfucker. Don't you ever forget. God, I just I literally watched that video yesterday. <laughs> no, the entirety yeah, of it. I watch it at least three times a year. <laughs> I love the the times where they because t-pain doesn't really do anything in that yeah they just cut away or they're like i'm on a boat motherfucker and he's like motherfucker yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) well there's the crazy stuff in there that i love in that 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 it's not just the i'm on a boat part it's the fuck land i'm on a boat motherfucker and he's like he's like i'm riding buoys motherfucker you know all this stuff that they're doing on this boat are is insane i fucked a mermaid (laughs) and my flippy floppies Uh, okay, so I am going to choose for my sci-fi character. I got to communicate with these dolphins and figure out why they're they're doing dolphin shit. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to take Amy Adams from Arrival. Yes, you are. Um, that woman is not only like figuring shit out, but she's also fearless. Like she'll yeah. walk up to those those heptapods or whatever they are, and like you know figure shit out. I agree. By the way, that Amy Adams should be uh, should be your person coming in because you want that person yep. from arrival but do the dolphins know the future and are telling her the future and shit like that how do we know we mm. got to figure out their motives because right? she's gonna have to figure this out with a miraculous oh i remember this thing that's happening 15 years from now oh well i mean I, she did a lot of legwork to get to that, that point she is matter of fact she was forced into that right like she was she was communicating she was trying to get this this all together but she was forced into that um that pea soup that they were in because mm-hmm. they were about they were on a timeline they had to nuke it or something mm-hmm. like that, right yeah now of course that was part of the consistent timeline and all that and i'm getting derailed but right, anyway right. that would be uh i gotta figure out no i agree with you there can't just be like a happy accident to end the dolphin invasion like war of the worlds where they catch a virus or they're allergic to earth or oh whatever. my god that would I, that would be so <laughs> sickening dolphins who were swimming around in our oceans are allergic to something on earth mm-hmm. exactly and yeah for my comedy person i'm gonna take uh nicholas angel from hot Fuzz. yeah there you that go. motherfucker will get shit done dun, man. Dun, he, dun, will, dun. <laughs> he will take those dolphins out yeah i feel good about my team i actually forgot to give a serious answer <laughs> And so uh, from a comedy, which I'm using as a loose definition here, I chose Free Willy. Yeah. No, (laughs) that's a character. Because killer whales in real life fucking eat dolphins for breakfast. Like, literally, they eat them. That is is a character in a movie. Yeah. That was played by a real whale. Yeah. 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 An actor whale. Probably has a SAG card. And then I go off the deep end here with my backup plan, and that's from sci-fi, and I chose Parallax. Yeah. And I said, you know, I may lose the planet in the process, yep. but uh, he will get rid of those fucking dolphins. Well, yeah. The problem solved. Assuming that, you know, Green Lantern isn't there. You're yeah. scared. Good. <laughs> 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 what are some of your favorite uses of a foreign language in an English movie? Like the beginning of Valkyrie, which is uh, excellent German by Tom Cruise. Didn't realize that. And what are the f- most funny, best uses of English in a foreign movie? Hmm. This is an interesting one. Yes, it is. I immediately went to, well, first I immediately went to Hunt for Red October, but I've talked about that and its use of language so much that I'll I'll pick a different Clancy adaptation, the Sum of All Fears, Mm. the Ben Affleck one, which I like, I think, more than most people do. Uh, But there's a a moment, like about three-fourths of the way through the film where he gets duped 
by uh, Morgan Freeman's character into going on a an op mission with John Clark, like the Leif Schreiber character. And it all goes to hell because the guards catch Leif Schreiber and they're in the Ukraine and Ben Affleck comes up and saves the day by speaking Ukraine to these guys. <laughs> and after they're dis- disabled, the Leif Schreiber turns to him and goes, you speak Ukrainian? And Ben Affleck all coolly says, you don't? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very cool moment. And then from my opposite one, um, Three Kings, but uh, not the cannot give car. I'll do the interrogator guy. Yeah. Who's, who's terrifying and doing terrible things to Wahlberg, but peppering it with this happy peppy english you know phrases like my main man hey, my main man you gonna steal from us hmm? the war's over my main man anyway. next um all right i have i have uh two movies that uh cantonese and it was a uh, sort of absolutely at random that it came out that way um wayne's world uh, oh, wow. when they when he's when he's decided to learn to speak cantonese to speak to cassandra everything those are great comedic scenes right. um this you know i mean the the all-time classic thing is to have someone say something in cantonese like that's like a couple of syllables and then there's like five lines of dialogue <laughs> yeah. after that and of course i also love him when he's just like zang and yeah. it's like excellent <laughs> and, and uh and then you know rob lowe says it, does it later on in the movie yeah. too to try to impress her as well uh, i think in way they actually play that scene perfectly because Yes, they. It's like a, a trope at that point, but it goes on for so yeah, long. Like, yeah, just, yeah. Because the, they're, they're like dialogue, titles. and they're like looking up at this guy, waiting for the <laughs> subtitles to end and everything. Um, uh, the other uh, one, uh, so the one for the where they're speaking a foreign language and then they speak English. I don't know if this was made this way. I, I it's weird watching this, but hard boiled. Um. If you're familiar with Hard Boiled, it's 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 Cantonese all the way through it. Uh, there's a point where the captain starts talking to Chow Yun Fat though, and it's like you know it's one of those you know you know McGonagall kind of <laughs> type of scenes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the uh, the uh, the guy goes, the guy's like sitting there yelling at him in that you know Cantonese and everything, and then all of a sudden he goes, "That's a fucking order!" <laughs> wow. Just out of nowhere. Like, like, and I don't know if they, I don't know if it's dubbed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they, that's how he says it in the movie originally. I mean, who knows? There could be all sorts of changes by the time it gets here. Yeah. Um, but it's really weird <laughs> to just be hit the whole movie, except for that. Yeah. Well, and I guess there's a couple of other instances where they speak English, but I don't know if that's dubbed or what, but that just out of nowhere, he's just yelling at him and then that's a fucking order. <laughs> Uh, is just really strange. That is strange. There's also a weird translation thing too, where like uh, they're in the hospital, and uh, the the undercover cop guy tells tells Chow Yun Fat he's got to go back into the flaming hospital and everything, and uh, Chow Yun Fat says like yells something like oh yeah like that, and it's like on the 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 the, uh, the subtitle is bullshit. <laughs> 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 it's just one of those things it's just, i don't get it i don't i don't think that's what he says <laughs> they do that a lot in uh, korean pop and uh, like k-pop and j-pop mm. japanese pop where like i'll because we've we've done a couple for music video sends and like i'll be studying the translation on both the captioning on youtube and then checking it with the lyrics and all that stuff and then they'll drop a fucking english verse yeah. and I'll be like what the fuck man like it's throwing me off my game <laughs> uh but uh an inside man we were talking about denzel mm-hmm. uh, a little bit ago like uh there's a part in there where 
Uh, they send the, they're trying to get infiltrated into the, uh, the bank to see what they're saying. So they send in all these pizzas. They asked, asked to do pizzas. And they put little bug devices in there uh, to hear what they're saying, what they're talking about. And all they hear is like this, this Albanian stuff. And they're like, oh, you know, they had to figure out that it was Albanian. Then, because they're parked out like in the middle of, of Manhattan, they're trying to get like, you know, who speaks Albanian around here? Finally get somebody that speaks Albanian. They get them on the truck and everything. And he's like, <laughs> fuck, man. Like he starts laughing at because it's like this deposed dictator like from from decades ago mm-hmm. that they're playing on the radio. Yeah, yeah. And it takes it takes like several minutes for yeah, this is a big chunk of the movie that they're figuring this out. Right. And it turns out where like Clive Owens just like put this thing on the radio and fucking with them the whole time. Yeah. So I really like that. That's one. great. That's good. The other one, uh, as far as English lines and that is. That I always think about is in The Godfather when Enzo, uh, the baker, comes up to uh, to cheer up or to visit uh, Don Corleone in the hospital. And he gets sucked into this really intense thing where nobody's in the hospital. By the way, the entirety of the hospital is abandoned, uh, which is kind of weird. Um, but there's nobody watching him. And then, you know, Michael says, you know, you got to you, you got to get out of here. And he's like, he's talking in Italian. And he's like, for your father, for your father. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he's like, all right, well, you got to stay. <laughs> you be in this shit. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he has to like mind that he's got a gun and everything. And then after that, he's got that wonderful thing where he can't light his cigarette. and everything. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Good call. I like it a lot. It's yeah. good. Uh, let's do one more mini Mount Rushmore. Okay. For actual presidents, ah, what is your Mount Rushmore of movie slash TV presidents? Okay, you guys took a lot of the good ones, so I only have a couple. Well, there there are not many. There's uh, surprisingly that's the, that's few. The problem, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. I mean, everybody's stock answer is gonna be Bill Bill Pullman and Independence Day. <laughs> um, so you have you have him. Uh, then you have Michael Douglas and the American President, which I know Barrett mm-hmm. has on his. Uh, also, Morgan Freeman, Deep Impact, which I also know Barrett put on there. Isn't hasn't he been the president in a couple of different movies? He was Olympus in one of fallen. yeah Olympus, Olympus has fallen. fallen uh, and when Olympus has fallen, he becomes he becomes president. president. Um, and then in the uh, I have Kevin Klein and Dave yeah. because he's so idealistic and he comes in there and actually makes change and everything. Now, I, there's two there's two on here that I know you guys didn't put down, uh, but if I had to like somehow take off overlap on this for some reason harrison ford in air force one nice because he kicks some ass he does and uh and not because he's a great president but he's a hilarious president terry cruz in idiocracy <laughs> <laughs> what's his name something hector camacho mountain yeah. dew <laughs> something like that it's like five million names and uh yeah and <laughs> he's he's fantastic <laughs> That's great. Um, the only one I have that's unique that hasn't been named already is uh, also very obvious, and it's Martin Sheen from The West Wing. Yeah. Nice. Um, got a good face. Uh, and it's another one of those Sorkin-esque, idealistic character that um, even though he's he's a Democrat, he's written in such a way that whatever your politics watching that show, you believe he's a good man mm-hmm. who wants to do right by the country. Uh, so, yeah, that was, that was mine, and I didn't have time to come up with any more, so fuck you. I'm going to throw in uh, David Palmer from 24. Yeah. Okay. Because that man was a great president, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he would, he would, he always had these reservations about what Jack Bauer could do. And he didn't, he didn't, he wanted to know, but he didn't want to know. And mm-hmm. Jack Bauer didn't want to tell him. And sometimes he'd have a direct line to the president and sometimes he wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, and then really any of the, the 24 presidents would be like Cherry Jones's president yeah. was great. 
Gregory Itzen. Gregory Itzen, <laughs> he won an Emmy for his. Did he really? I think he did. Oh, he's such a Wasn't scumbag. Wasn't he the vice president, though? He became the president oh. after, I think, when well, the president. He's, in, he's the president in that one season where he's bad. He's a bad guy, right? Yeah. 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 yeah he's a bad guy the whole time because he's the vice president. I think the president is killed in a helicopter crash. That's and how so it he usually gets, happens. He gets promotion. He gets promoted. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, any of those those one of the all time uh, like I can't believe it reveals in a in a in a season of a, a TV because it's like he, he's normal for all those episodes and then yeah. once once he's there's a reveal that he's a bad guy it's like he's <laughs> nothing but bad after that <laughs> yeah. like it like it, <laughs> he's full on fucking yeah, bad man yeah that's the funny thing if you watch 24 like I did I watched them on DVDs mm-hmm. like long after they aired and you watch them sequentially like like oh, I bet it gets goofy it does because like they'll like that like it, once it once Tony Almeida turns bad like mm-hmm. it's gonna be bad for the next like five yeah. hours of your life yeah uh same thing with gregory edson's character and the, the only other uh president that i'll put on there is a hilariously bad performance by tiny lister oh yeah in the in the fifth element fifth element yeah i mean i'm sure that guy is a is a good actor somewhere he's in friday he's in uh jackie brown yeah. for a little bit and he's in the dark knight he's one he's, of the oh my god yeah, he's, he's, he's so he's, terrible and he yeah i mean he's, you have five seconds yeah or 20 I, seconds or I don't. It is. I really. Yeah, I don't think in the Fifth Element anybody was given any real direction oh. to be anything. No, man, <laughs> man, he's bad. Uh, but uh, yeah, he. I think he's good in what he, in those things that you you know other ones that you mentioned. Yeah. By the way, I just wanted to mention the uh, the Kiefer Sutherland since we saw Flatliners recently and uh, uh, and we're just talking about Twenty Four. Yeah. The guy is always older than I think he is. Like from the begin, like in Stand by Me, I thought he was like in his late twenties. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is twenty four in Flatliners. Actually, he might even be twenty three. Really? When they filmed it? Wow. Um, and uh, and then when he started twenty four, he was thirty five. Interesting. And I always have thought Kiefer Sutherland was older yeah. than that in everything that I've ever seen. It's him. probably because he power smokes yeah chain smokes so it was it was odd to see that he was like that age i knew julia roberts was like 22 when she did flatliners but she's always seemed a lot older to me too Mm -hmm. it could be just that thing when people are older than you they always seem that much older but um but yeah that was an interesting thing Hmm. that'll be it for this week uh we're going to we got a facebook page now we got a facebook page uh if you want to talk to us via facebook um we'll be responding to comments on there it's sincast cinema sins um basically just search for that or put it right into facebook and it'll come up um we've got a redirection from our main page um so go there talk to us if you want to go soundcloud baby we're still there so you can you can talk to us there but primarily uh we're going to be dealing on the facebook page yeah, and i actually plan on uh doing some facebook uh some facebook comments and stuff facebooking uh, on the uh on this on this particular episode starting mm-hmm. with this one hopefully it won't wear me out but uh <laughs> I think most of you that are going to join a Facebook page are going to be like fans of us. And yes, not, yes. And not uh, not dickheads. <laughs> um, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, anyway, that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com.
was listening to Collective Soul on the way over here. Why, why would you do that? It was on the radio. And oh. uh, we were talking about like inappropriate guitar solos or yeah. like ones that are that are weird. In uh, what is it? Shine? That, that, that's their big song, right? That was their biggest yep. hit. Yeah. But that has a random ass guitar solo in the middle of it. Does it? Where it's like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then it goes back to like. It's weird. What have you seen Scream Two yet? No, I'll, you remember it though, right? I do. That has a collective soul song in the opening. At uh, the end, it's got an eel song at the beginning. The well, soundtrack is really fucking good. There's actually, God, I thought the collective soul. Yeah, you're right. I thought the collective soul song was during that shot over the campus, but I think it's the that's at the end. At the yeah, end, yeah. yeah. Uh, which was because he's got that voice. I don't, I don't remember that song, but he's got that voice, you know, yeah. like really overexpressive. I was like, is this the Verve pipe? <laughs> <laughs> remember when there was a Verve pipe single and a, and a Verve single? Yes. That were both out yeah, man. I believe it was a uh, freshman for Verve pipe, and mm-hmm. then Verve was that bittersweet symphony. Yeah, and I was so it was a, such a confusing time for the life of me. <laughs> I played a show where we used the Verve pipes equipment. Oh, interesting. Like their PA and everything. It was at 328 Performance mm, Hall. Nice. And they were playing either the night before or the night after, and they just left their shit. Nice. <laughs> so we are like, hey, playing Verve, <laughs> the Verve Collective Soul, the Verve hey, Soul. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. That's what they're, that was their big deal. <sighs> I didn't like Verve Pipe. I liked a couple of the songs, but I think those were the only songs that they played. I didn't hear any of them. They did have a decent one on uh, the Great Expectation soundtrack. No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what am I thinking? No, they didn't. A little bit of levels. A little a bit. Little, of, a lot of alliteration. A little bit of Monica for my life. <laughs> Have you seen those uh, those Pennywise gifts? No. No. Of because there's a part in it. Have you seen it yet? No. Uh, there's a part in it at the very end where like he comes out and he's like it shows like the dancing clown and he comes out and he does this jig where he's like throwing out his his legs right and right and left. And uh, apparently, some enterprising Twitter account like put all different songs to that motion. Oh, nice! <laughs> and one of them is Mamba Number oh, Five. Oh, really? And Stephen King retweeted. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Funny. It's hilarious. That's funny. I was reading Crack today, and I noticed I, ta- I, was, I saw that they were talking about a movie that was being made out of a tweet. Oh, wonderful! And it was some tweet. A where, tweet? Yeah, where apparently Rihanna and. Um, uh, the name I cannot think of right now, it's Lupita Nyong'o or something oh, yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, we're out hanging out or something, and uh, someone wrote something like, Rihanna looks like the the chick that uh, does the all the heists, and Lupita Nyong'o looks like the one who plan, is the computer chick that plans them or something <laughs> like that, and they're making a movie out of that. No shit. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Like like starring and those I two, think starring those and it'll two. be called Oceans Nine. Isn't yeah. Rihanna in Oceans Eight anyway? Uh, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't really? paid much attention. I thought she was. Uh, she was in Battleship. What else has she done? She did one other thing. Oh, she did the uh, the Voice at Home. Boy, she was terrible in that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know how you fuck up that like a a, a voice thing. Uh, it was well, fucked up. Uh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. I got to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you weren't. You weren't impressed with her. Wasn't she? She was in your psycho thing, the Bates Motel thing, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she was not, I mean, she was, no. Not a great actress. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Untitled um, 
Untitled Lupita Nyong'o Rihanna Project is what it's currently <laughs> nice. called right now. <laughs> That's going to end up being the I actual name. I wonder if that name. tweet person is going to get any credit at all. <laughs> uh, they they apparently bought the rights, so yes, I think they are Bought getting... the rights. Yeah. wonder what that costs. You, sir, <laughs> tweeted, and it was funny, and we're going to make that movie, but we, we probably can't do it legally without your permission, so mm-hmm. how much hostage does uh, he hold them for? I, I, bet it's, I bet it's like five, six figures, somewhere around here. I was thinking like ten grand. But they've got... Um, was it? They've got uh, Ava DuVernay who who's uh, doing Wrinkle in Time and um, uh, was uh, the director of Selma. Who's oh, is gonna, that's is a great gonna, movie. Is going to do it. Have Selma? I haven't seen. God it. It's a great heist film too. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, is that, I forgot about that part. <laughs> I didn't just say something like "ist," did I? I don't think so. Heistist. Heistist. Uh, uh, um, it's totally heistist. Do you know what I read today on Reddit? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know this because I have never watched the commentary on Tropic Thunder. Mm-hmm. But in the Tropic Thunder commentary, um, Robert Downey Jr. stays in character as Osiris. Oh, really? And then in the movie, when he takes it off and becomes Kirk Lazarus, he does that part of the um, commentary as Kirk Lazarus and in an <laughs> Australian accent. And then during the credits, he's really Robert Downey Jr. Nice. Wow. Isn't that cool? That is very cool. Because he says that line in the movie, I don't break character till I've done the DVD commentary. <laughs> yeah. Somebody just decided, that, probably Ben Stiller, this is a joke that needs going further. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. That's like watching uh, This Is Spinal Tap's commentary. It's like watching the whole new This Is Spinal Tap. Yeah. Because they're all in character while yeah. they're doing it. I haven't heard that. Is it really oh, good? Oh, it's fantastic. You oh, need to find uh, This Is Spinal Tap commentary and just listen to it. <laughs> There's a there's a part in there that's just funny to me where he's where they're all at uh, Elvis's grave, you know, the uh-huh. movie. and uh, they keep having this recurring thing where they're like, uh, oh, yeah, that guy's dead. You know, this guy's dead. This yeah. guy's dead. And they're like, uh, here we are at uh, Elvis's uh, Elvis's uh, grave site. He's like, he's dead. Oh, yeah, he's he's been least long dead. He was dead when we were we were there. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like my tweet country song the other day that I tweeted out that uh, I pulled a muscle missing you? Did you see that? I no. saw that. that. I said I, I I just wrote the chorus to a country song called "I Pulled a Muscle Missing You." <laughs> <laughs> I almost I went through with it. <laughs> I just it's a funny enough title. It's the kind of thing that you know might get some kitsch appeal. <clears throat> I wrote a country song one time called "I Lost My Wife in the Supermarket." Nice, nice. yeah, nice, nice. It's a very common theme in country mm-hmm. songs. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Cut that part out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit um, i mean i didn't do it on purpose no, no of course no you didn't um a rare first try <laughs> nailed it first try <laughs> first try I should, I, you can cut that part too <laughs> yes I, will. I really thought i had an ironclad argument for uh brando but i'm, I'm getting outvoted in these things like kubrick i thought kubrick had had an ironclad argument no the problem is the 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 breadth of work mm-hmm. you you can look at any one kubrick movie and say that's better than anything that anybody has ever done yeah but he doesn't have that consistently because he work, took forever to do movies yeah uh and that's unfortunate to be against him like that because that's so, somewhat discriminatory <laughs> but uh when you look at the people who have done tons of movies and they're all consistently excellent for the most part until you know certain like spielberg and all them 
have have their have their little valleys but they have mostly peaks yeah and a mount rushmore is a populist exercise too Mm -hmm. i mean you you can't have niche i mean i really you know you could certainly make a case for philip seymour hoffman but you know would you want him on the representative mountain of acting right you know i don't know yeah i mean philip seymour hoffman deserves (coughs) to be considered Mm -hmm. but Unfortunately, we're not going to see his entire an entire lifetime of performances in, in the sixties yeah. and seventies. Maybe like William Henry Harrison or like uh, somebody like that had a had a good shot at getting yeah. on the fucking thing. Right. Grover Cleveland, yeah, uh, but uh, they were outvoted. Grover Cleveland, Grover yeah. Cleveland, I don't Taft, know. <laughs> definitely doing <laughs> the Taft. whole thing would be tapped on his belly. <laughs> Mount Rushmore was completed in nineteen forty one. Ah, oh, okay. that's what I said, isn't mm-hmm. it? That is what you said. Is that what you said? I said I think I think it was the forties. Damn. Look at you. There you go. Dropping knowledge. It dimes. had to be early if Hitchcock was going to use it in North by Northwest. Oh yeah, that's that true. That's my only logic. <laughs>